Hi, this is Ryan Ricketts, and I have never, ever listened to Nantucket. Is it hella cold? Uh, no, it's actually warm. That's the issue. Tornadoes, thunderstorms, um, oh, shit. severe weather. Yep. So that took out the power. Yeah, man. Yep. <sighs> hey, you know what, folks? We, we come at you no matter what power outages or not yeah yeah you know what we are live and everything's on batteries so let's fucking go i don't <laughs> have to trim the sheet let's anymore. not waste it yeah time. thanks for actually bringing my attention to that i totally forgot i should start okay uh how do we start the show i oh, have, you're recording right i am recording yes we're okay, a minute okay. in and the battery is not giving me an indication i guess it'll just surprise me that's cool <laughs> i don't know how to start this week's show <laughs> I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, it's a fucking thunderstorm, man. Like, we I don't we don't have time to think about this. Time to start the show. Let's just go. Hit the button. Y'all let me in this damn house. Should we hit record? Yeah, one, two, three. All right, you ready? I am ready. Are you recording? Yes. <laughs> All right, well, you want to start a show? Let's start a show. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. No offense taken there. Well, it sounds like none taken. Welcome to None Taken, the internet's only debate and current events show with your hosts Dustin and Alan, two political nomads from two different worlds. Shout out to Reverend Peyton's big damn band for the use of their song Ways and Means for intro music. Thank you for joining us. The time of this recording is Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. It's a great day for America. We are two coastal elites coming to you from the shores of the mighty Cumberland in Madison, Tennessee, all the way to the Pacific waters of El Cerrito, California, here to recap another week of current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal life. Please subscribe right now, wherever you listen to this. We don't have an advertising budget, y'all are ads. If you haven't left us a five-star review on Spotify or iTunes, please do so now. Word of mouth is essential for a growing podcast. You can find None Taken on all the major social media apps. Great way to help out the show is to go to fungiblenuntakens.com and shop uh, for your holiday gifts ideas, uh, including our cunt mug. Uh, and be like Slick It's Digital for all your SEO and marketing needs. If you're trying to improve your brand, Slick It's Digital. Alan? Oh, yeah. God damn it. I, I, I even cut off the dot com. So I, do you, are you aware of what I'm trying to do there? <laughs> no, I guess I'm not. Uh, I, think you, I, see, I think you misunderstand it every time you go earlier. No, I want to oh. say slickestdigital.com. Alan? Hell yeah. What is up? Oh. <laughs> I get it now. I got to wait for the post. Yeah, okay, I got yeah, it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Um, this is our... Well, first of all, sorry about missing last Thursday's show. Um, Dustin was working his ass off and I was still fucking sick. Um, in fact, I still am a little bit sick. So, yeah, it's not been a great week for me, but I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and enjoyed, you know, whatever you do on Thanksgiving, your tradition. <laughs> I was going to say, like, enjoy time with family, but not everybody does that. So yeah. Whatever, whatever yeah. worked for you. Yeah. Hopefully you had a good time. Hopefully you had a good week. Um, personal life. 
really non-existent. I was, um, I was sick. Uh, Tim invited me over on Thursday, but I was, I was still feeling pretty shitty. So I ended up not doing anything. Um, and then I was off Sunday, but I was also still feeling pretty shitty. So again, I just, uh, watched some football and hung out. Yeah. And that's um, all I wanted to do on Sunday. That was all I wanted to do on Sunday. I was like, I worked yeah. all day Saturday. I worked Thanksgiving. I worked Friday. Like Dude, you've been busting your ass. Yeah. I work. Yeah. It's fine. I, I so worked 11 hours on personally? Sunday. Uh, about the same. I mean, I yeah. can tell you a little bit about what it was like being on call last week, uh, especially like over the weekend. But do like, tell. Well, I mean, I kept posting on the Instagram stories every time I had to drive to fucking Kentucky. Dude, like, you were in Kentucky like three days. Four days in a row. Four. Holy yeah, shit. yeah. So I got a call on Thanksgiving where I had to go up to, th- to an oven in Kentucky. The the oven wasn't lighting, and I got it narrowed down to the fact that the fan wasn't. There's a couple of fans that have to fire in series and once it sees that it'll ignite the oven um Mm -hmm. but like for safety reasons these fans need to be on and the first one wasn't coming on and i was like well there's the relay i looked the relay wasn't engaging changed the relay out the relay started engaging but the motor wasn't coming on i'm like you got a problem with the motor up on the roof and i was like do you have roof access because this is basically a mall at mid like at close to midnight on uh, thanksgiving so Jesus. yeah, I, you know what? It wasn't that late. It was like eight thirty. So, but it got okay, dark so, at like five. So it feels like right, right, anyway. Right, yeah. um, so they're like, no, we don't have any uh, keys to the roof. I'm like, mm, sucks, but I guess I get to go home now. <laughs> so then Friday they're like, hey, it's a normal work day. Why don't you drive back to Kentucky? So I do, and uh, I get up there. The fan's working. Okay. I'm like, well, why does this fan work? So I. Uh, like the day before I, you can like put your hand up where the fan draws the air from and like put like a tell, tissue paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I did that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and like, you can just tell when the fan's on too. Also it moves on to the next phase in like it working and it was, right, it was right. now doing that. And I was like, well, this wasn't happening yesterday. And uh-huh. they're like, well, we do have this light switch in the lobby that it controls oh, that my. fan. And I'm like, <laughs> Fucking Why do they have that? Like I go to the breaker, I go to everything and I'm like, I'm like, well, the person that checked the breaker before I came up and did all those things, I'm sure they checked that. She's like, oh, I'm sure she checked that. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure she checked that. But here's the thing. <laughs> it might not have been that. Oh. It might've been something with the mall. I don't know. Somebody's not being honest there and I don't have an answer for that. Here's another thing. When I opened mm. that electrical compartment to check where, what stage it was on the ignition process. Yeah. When I was there the night before, I was tracing wires around and it was a newer oven. So like all the wires were still zip tied in their bundles. And yeah. I had like, I had cut all the zip ties off and I was sort of like tracing things around just to double check. Was, like some of the wires are numbered, but you couldn't see it with what was outside of the bundle. So I had to cut the bundle open and find so the wire. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I left it like that because I knew I was going to be working on it the next day. Right. But when I get there, those are all zip tied again. Ooh. And I'm like, who the fuck touched There's this shit? There's some shit going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. And they told me who did, and I'm not going to spoil anything. I don't want to, you know, that's not important. Do they have like another service they, person? No, they that? have their own internal maintenance, basically. It's what, oh, you know, I, I yeah. see. Um, and then I looked and a wire that okay so this is a little hard to explain but i can do it um there's like this terminal strip where there's a bunch of places where wires will plug in at and to the right of that there's a label for what each of those terminals is but it takes more space to write it out than it does for the plug so by the time you get to like the fourth plug it's off a line by what you're reading yep, sure and if Seen you're yeah, an, an, like that. Yeah. if you're an intelligent person you just count them and count the spaces and double check right <laughs> Oh, yeah. also the terminals are labeled on the board where it plugs in too, like 
That's a double idiot right. proof. And there's a non con, uh, normally closed terminal that's not used on this. And one the wire that turns the next fucking motor on was on that normally closed. So if that, if the person that meddled with it and turned that light switch on would have not put things back in the wrong spot, I wouldn't have had to drive back up. Jesus. But I got paid a lot of money to do that. So Hell, you know what? Your job actually sounds pretty fun. I had no idea when you took that job, it was going to be so different than what you were doing before. I, I enjoy it. Like I, I'm complaining, yeah. but like also you can hear the like, the, like I, I, that wasn't a bad day at work, you know, like, no. like that was infinitely I mean, better than being stuck at the customer service counter for part, like an Yeah. Part of what I like about my job though, is I never know what to expect when I go yeah. to work. It's always just different. So yeah. I never get bored. You know, right, like, right, it's not yeah. possible. No. Yeah. So. You're always solving a different problem. And that's a little yeah. bit of why I just see have different venue um yeah dude yep. i worked like 80 hours last week including 11 hours Jesus. on sunday but like you know christmas hey, is coming yeah, and i bought a new laptop that is they say it's coming tomorrow but i don't believe them because they just today gave me a shipping update and like it sounds like it's sitting in the back room somewhere but fingers <laughs> crossed can we move into the show proper Let's, let's okay so this is a couple of comedy clips that uh that was not intentional alliteration uh the thrash <laughs> sent these ones in it looks like thrash found out who yakov smirnoff is and he sent like three or four yakov clips uh either in the group chat or to me directly i don't remember i was reading newspaper the- let me start it from the beginning um i love yakov smirnoff I-, I was reading newspaper the ad in the paper said big sale last week <laughs> <laughs> Now, why advertise? I already missed it. They're just rubbing it in. Another ad in the paper said, we guarantee our furniture and we stand behind it for six months. That's the reason I left Soviet Union. I don't want people behind my furniture. I um I, I really like him he, he, as he's gotten older. Well, well first of all, um, he's like said definitively when the when the wall fell and the Soviet Union collapsed um, that I realized two different things, but essentially uh, he was like, yeah, that was the end of my career, and it kind of was. Like once that was <clears throat> over, people in Branson, Missouri, didn't fucking care if he ran through there, you know? Yeah, uh, he's he's hilarious. I haven't thought or heard of right? anything from him in years and okay, years and years. Here's, it's so funny that Thrash is finding this I know, out. right? Okay, here's where I heard him um, again recently. About like three years ago, he was on the Your Mom's House podcast. And oh, really? Okay. He was ha- being like philosophical about like love and how um, I've looked for this clip before because I've wanted to isolate it. I should just watch that episode again and pull clips from it. But he's mm-hmm. like, you know, when you meet someone, the first thing that happens is you make them smile, you make them laugh. Then love can come from there. And then when you fall out of love, it's the same order. Like they stop smiling. They stop laughing. Oh, wow. Dude, it's like, so, right? Right. right? So it's just, but it gives you something to like, okay, let's just focus on making sure that we always have this. You know, there's always some like softness there. Um, It's good advice. Uh, Can I play another clip though? Of course. Yeah. Um, So when I say Dana Gould, who is that, Alan? Man, I'm drawing a blank. Does the name name sound like it's something you should know? It sounds very familiar, because you've yeah. seen it at the beginning of every episode of The Simpsons. Oh, he's uh, is he like a producer or something. Yeah, writer, creator. You know what? I should have had this better. But he's a good stand-up, and he doesn't get enough credit as stand-up. Thrashing in a few clips of his too. This was my favorite one. How is it in this day and age, people are still against something as obviously beneficial as vaccinations? It's quite simple. It's because there are people for vaccinations you just need to be for something they'll show up (laughs) go online tomorrow and just post quietly 
I like French toast. <laughs> Check in 20 minutes later. Fuck French toast! <laughs> Breakfast of the privileged. Oh, yes, your majesty. <laughs> Thank you for supporting genocide. Where do you work? <laughs> And my brother's reasoning is the one that's the most outrageous. I'm not getting vaccinated. I don't know how it works. <laughs> right. That's why we have people smarter than you. So we can have fun stuff like heart surgery and airplanes. I don't know how zippers work. <laughs> But every morning I put my faith in the science. <laughs> Leave the house fairly convinced I'm not going to be in line at the bank with my dong out. I didn't know this clip was so long. Okay, I think it just started over again. Uh, yeah, the background was uh, San Francisco, so uh, yeah, that was... Oh, punchline, probably. Yeah, probably, probably. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's hilarious and also not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. it's great to just be like, you know, it's just like a vaccine zippers. But like, I, I get it. I get it. Okay. Um, this was one that Slickit sent in. Uh, it's about being censored at home, and it's uh, Zach Chapaloni. That's what the uh, language me and my friends use has gotten out of hand, and uh, my wife says certain words are off limits now at our place. Like we can't say the word pussy in our home anymore. It's worn out. It's lame. <laughs> we can't say the word bitch either. Uh, which is fair. I'm not firing that from the hip. <laughs> when I get home, I'm not kicking in the door like, where's dinner, bitch? You know, I know my rule. I'm not that guy, but that's the rule now. I can't say pussy or bitch. Anyone who comes over now cannot say pussy or bitch in our home. Uh, the good news is when my dad comes over now, he's got to call me either Zach or son. <laughs> That's a long one, but I knew it was worth it. Uh, thanks, one slickets. Or thanks for that one, slickets. Um, and okay, Paul sent a lot in, um, but I, I kind of go for the ones that I think are the most problem. And uh, yeah. I like this one, and it's good. Uh, you got to wait till the end, okay? Okay. This is comedy. You can't just, you know. All right. So uh, yeah, it's 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 all worth. But I recently got into an altercation with an audience member. To Donald Evans. Show. Uh, I was doing a show, much like this, and at some point during the show, don't ask me why I said this, but at some point during the show, I said the phrase, fractions are gay. Alright? I don't know what I meant by that. I don't even know what it means. It was probably supportive. I'm an ally. It didn't even really make sense. If anything, algebra's gay because of all the letters. Alright? There's, there's even a little plus in there. Alright? So it didn't even make sense. But this woman got so upset with me. This woman got so upset with me. Uh, she went from the back of the room to about where you are now. She looked me dead in the eye and she goes, you can't say that. And I was like, whoa, hold on. Why are you so upset by this? And she goes, because I'm bisexual. I was like, oh, you're not even gay. She was like, I'm half gay. I'm like, that's a fraction. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Uh, and that Alan was a good one, Paul. It was. Alan sent a couple of them in. Um, I had a post on Instagram that, um, it, you know, it did mild, uh, mildly well for, what, what are we, niche internet nano celebrities? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, the, the it micros- did really well. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty popular uh, post. Yeah. What, what was it about? Yeah. I already forgot what I'm setting up. So did I. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, fuck, it was, uh, oh, this is all staying in because I'm not editing shit on this episode. Oh, gerontocracy. So, um, so you posted you sent me this it's about old politicians but i had that post about uh, how oh, all, right, the, right. All, all the presidents are from 1946 so yes um so going back for the last uh four presidents okay five excuse me um donald trump what year was he born 
1946. Barack Obama, 1961. Okay. Uh, George W. Bush, 1946. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Bill Clinton, man, now I don't remember if he was 46 or if he was like 45. And then Joe Biden, 41, 1942. Like something like that. Why do we, we have not elected a president from the 50s. I thought Clinton was younger than that. Well, he was when he was born in 1946 in 1992. It wasn't a big deal. Yes. He was very young for a president. So this is normal for him to have been born in 46, 30 years ago, but we've gone 30 years future and we have an older president, 41 or 42. Right. But God, I think yeah. it's 42. Right. This isn't the Once clip. Once you turn this 75 in America, you don't have a lot of options. And it's really sad. It really is. You can either be put into a nursing home and forgotten or run every aspect of government. Those are the only... <laughs> Seriously. All of you have to make a choice at 75. <laughs> do you want to play bingo all day long? Or do you want to pass legislation? <laughs> <laughs> that will have no effect on your life whatsoever. Once you turn 70. Dude, um, that reminded me of another thing I saw last week. That uh, the average, I guess the average age of Congress. Or, uh, you, you know, the Senate and, and, and the House. Well, Senate's probably older, but uh, combined, I'll say 54. It's 55, yeah. And oh, okay. the average age of the citizens. Oh, that's is, lower. It's about 45. Uh, 40, yeah, okay. And, that, and what's the age of our president? 80. 81. He just 81? turned 80 or 81. He was born in 42, so 80, I guess. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, Alan sent us one other clip. This is def- defamation. I don't even remember this. This, one, this one's a problem. This, I, I, I'm the problem with okay. this one. You, you want me to play Sending it? Sending this one. Yeah, I do. Okay. Go ahead. It's not oh, we've got a lot of stuff about Kanye coming up, so this is fine. Just get okay. wetting our whistle. As you might have heard, Kanye has made several statements and posts on social media that the Anti-Defamation League have condemned as being anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah. um, so today I, the head of the Defamation League, <laughs> would like to officially address Kanye's recent remarks. A lot of you have maybe not heard of the Defamation League. Um, we actually have headquarters here in Chicago, in uh, the Ridleyville area, mostly. <laughs> Our main office is actually operate out of the Barstool Sports Bar. Where, uh, I thought I'd explain the main platform of the Defamation League. Um, we just create an inclusive environment for all things bigotry, racism, and misogyny. We're actually the only organization that hates both Israel and Palestine. <laughs> we'd like to formally address the Kanye remarks. And uh, our official position is uh, we like it. Very good. <laughs> Kanye's form of racism really lines up with our organiz- organization's vision. Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson are trying to do like, this weird like rational evidence-based racism. Like they're bringing up math and statistics and science to justify it. Get these fucking nerds out of here. <laughs> Kanye is the sort of old-fashioned racism we want. You know that racism that's just based on a feeling? <laughs> Not Sorry. the racism you learn from Reddit. The racism that's passed down from a grandparent. <laughs> <laughs> As you might have heard, Kanye is okay, made- I'm sorry. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. Uh, That's shit, pretty good. I, I tried just to- the, the, the visual of that, he's like standing at a podium, like clearly doing satire, obviously. Oh, but yeah. He actually is just like reading from his, like, like he's- just That was like an open mic bar, right? Like that wasn't- uh... No, it was like an open mic. Yeah. By the way, I just realized I didn't have my 
sound on right so i changed it so if it sounds if i sound no well, so i think great, they got this. they got used to the uh the old microphone setup because la- we played the uh, power hour by the way i got a lot of compliments on that power episode i don't know what you guys are thinking like i'm so embarrassed by that <laughs> like i i listened back to the whole thing just in case i like said something stupid a year and a half ago that i need to address and i was like oh this is painful oh this is painful uh i'm glad drink, people liked it drink just so annoying. Yeah, yeah. I, but the microphones were off. Like it was, man. We did. I was, I, we've come a long way, bud. We've, we have come a long mm. way. Um, okay, I don't have any clips from Brido on this week, but I do want to say his new album, um, Hustle, is gonna be on iTunes soon. And once it's released there, he's making a push to try to get as high on the charts. Hopefully, get like some time at number one. So we, uh, if you want, oh, yeah. if you want to listen to his album, you can pre-order it at a special thing records their website is astrecords.com and then go to their releases section look for brido but it's bridenstine it's spelled exactly how it sounds b-r-i-d-e-n-s-t-i-n-e it's not i-e-n or any of that weird stuff um <laughs> uh he yeah, cool. yeah yeah so you can listen you can you can download it there or if you have an iphone uh it'd be good to help it get up the charts on itunes so uh we'll talk about it more so as it gets closer it, but the, he wants it on itunes right that's where it's going to be on it itunes to. i think the f- official release is the 16th so we still okay. have a little bit of time but uh um, cool yeah but if, if you want that's awesome yeah i'm looking forward to that me too I'm and i know he's going to release it on youtube eventually too so yeah. definitely check it out yeah. there as well but yep uh, okay, well, let's move on into our oh, about that. segment. Oh, how about that? Uh, Alan, can you guess this sound? I didn't get it preloaded. Let me just do this as quickly, quickly. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Mothers, lock up your daughters. <laughs> Smithers is on the town. Oh, man. How about this? This isn't what I wanted to play, but do you remember Ribbon Dancer? No. No. Yeah. I'm going to make you feel. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, ready. Can you guess this sound? I don't think- Sounds like firecrackers. Yeah, we'll keep going. Take another guess. Uh, somebody firing some sort of weapon, a cap gun. Sounds like a gun, right? Like gunshots. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's a guy with two whips doing uh, impressive. Oh. Listen to this. He's whipping these whips all around him like nunchucks. I would have. I would have Indiana Jones myself to death by already. <laughs> I, right now. I, I, I was, I've seen some shit like that before. That's pretty wild. Was, I haven't like, seen this one. But it yeah. was posted as like, check out this fucking idiot, like, you know, geek on the internet, uh, yeah. like messing around with his lightsabers in the garage. But I was, I was genuinely <laughs> impressed. Uh, there's a skill there, you know, like I, I like appreciating craftsmanship. And it, like, what are just, the guys from, um, oh, what the fuck was that show? Uh, Mythbusters was really into whips and he could do some really cool they actually had a whole episode um where he did really cool shit with whips i remember Hmm. that Hmm. yeah uh bald guy with the glasses or is that both of the other one i think think it's adam okay yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. um i don't know what this sound is i actually just oh the video is removed for violating you you know this happens once a week (laughs) once a week i have something that i want to play that's been removed and it's always on youtube it's not on any other platform like uh, yeah anyway can't let us have our fun no i don't know what that is i really gotta start ripping these again and saving up no oh you know what i didn't play before Hmm. oh how about that all right. Uh, uh, oh, I got this. This was, I think, Thrash. Yeah, Thrash sent this in. This is uh, Everything Sucks in Politics, and it's summarized in a nice, uh, easy-to-digest uh, info uh, like TikTok. Info TikTok. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. 
And food. Okay. Well, yeah, whatever. An Instagram reel. Everything sucks with a Republican president. So vote in a Democratic Congress. Everything still sucks. So vote in a Democratic president. Everything still sucks. So vote in a Republican Congress. Everything still sucks. So vote in a Republican president. Everything still sucks. So vote in a Democratic Congress. Everything still sucks. So vote in a Democratic president. Everything still sucks. So vote in a Republican Congress. Everything still sucks. So vote in a Republican president. Everything still sucks. So vote in a Democratic Congress. Everything still sucks. So vote in a Democratic president. Everything still sucks. So vote in a... You know what? You really haven't noticed a pattern here? (laughs) That's pretty goddamn funny. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Oh, I got a button. Oh, how about that? Uh, Alan, who's Chief Keef? He's some sort of rapper. Some sort of rapper, yes. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't keep up with all the new rappers these days. That's it's too, too, there's too many of them. Uh, well, I think um, we, we, we've got another one that we might not need to toss the name into the hat. Uh, uh, I think he can go by Dark Brand. In school telling me, always in the barbershop, Chief Keef ain't about this, Chief ain't about that. My boy at BD on a fucking Lamron on them. He, he, they say that you don't be putting in no work. Shut the fuck up. Y'all ain't no shit. And all y'all what fuckers the? talking about Chief Keef ain't no hitter, Chief Keef ain't this, Chief Keef a fake. Shut the fuck up. Y'all don't live with that n***a. Y'all know that Nick got caught with a ratchet shooting at the police and shit. Nick been on probation since fucking I don't know when. Motherfucker, stop. F- I'm telling you, the mouth matches the speech too. They, I was gonna say, like do they that. slow this they, down? I, I, I'm gonna send you the the f- deep, the deep fake, but like they get they made the mouth move too. Because all savages out there. If I catch another motherfucker talking sweet about Chief Keith, I'm fucking beating their ass. <laughs> so I'm not playing no more. <laughs> I catch a motherfucker talking sweet about Chief Keefe. I'm beating the ass. Oh. It sounds like young Joe Biden. It, it's, That's it's wild. Yeah, well, it was him talking at the UN or something is what they used for the video. That's uh, hilarious. Oh, uh, man, fucking, I think it was Thrash also. When he went on a tear sending in clips from uh, Family Feud, this was my favorite one. They were all really good, but this one, I, I don't know. I'm. It's just odd. Um, I, it, 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 I wonder how it'll translate because it doesn't quite have a punchline. It's just bad answers. So Name a number that most men exaggerate. A hundred. Sixty-nine? <laughs> Like, how are they exaggerating either of these things? Like, they're they're like too literal, right? Like, the question wasn't phrased properly, but it's still it like it really wasn't phrased properly. Yeah, but, but I mean, yeah, they, they took it very literally. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one hundred, and then she just like, shrugs. It's like I guess they they exaggerate a hundred. I don't fucking know. They're always saying a hundred percent when they yeah, really don't mean yeah, 100%. yeah. Oh man, okay, I got another YouTube clip. I don't think this one's been banned. Uh, Alan, okay. guess who this is? Fingers crossed. Guess who this is. 30 seconds over here up there i saw a ufo and it went down the river turned right at the united nations <laughs> turned left and then down the river it wasn't a helicopter and it wasn't a balloon and it was so near and you look what sort of uh, round just, white just like, and silent uh, silent and it looked dark like black or gray in the middle and had white lights just looked like light bulbs you know just going off on off on off on blink 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 Around the bottom, and on top was a red light. You, any Over guess? You, come on, you got a guess? I, I'm thinking like British actor. I that I voice can't. doesn't sound familiar. It sounds familiar, but I can't place it. John but, Lennon. That's John Lennon. Yeah, talking about okay. how he saw a helicopter and then described a helicopter and said it wasn't a helicopter. It's it was like a UFO. he's like had lights on the bottom and a red light up on the top. It's like 
Sounds you know, now that I have a John Lennon's voice, I don't hear often. So, yeah, you know. sure, sure. Well, but, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get I, it now that you say it. About to try to do an impression. I'm glad I didn't. Oh, I got a ball. Oh, I try to do dumb shit like that. <laughs> um, I'm afraid that my laptop's battery keeps going faster than I care for it to. So let's move on to another clip. Uh, right. Okay, so I had a clip from Aaron Rodgers where he, like, one of his uh, new teammates was saying that he told him like he should look into 9-11 which I, I think that's pretty funny but i i don't know that there's the Aaron rogers so. says some crazy shit yes that, yeah. that's he's known to do that yes, yes yeah I, I like it but you know it's also <laughs> you know, i don't like not want those people around it's funny like you know yeah it's yeah, it's yeah. amazing to think that he's the leader of a team though you know what i mean it, that is pretty with, well, with yes. those things it's cool yes. um uh speaking of team sports our friend max who came on the show and talked about um uh, college football college like football, two years yeah. ago um he a week ago bought tickets to the u.s iran match no shit yeah and so he was there today uh let me pull up a couple of audio clips from when he was there today but uh we got this one first um so i, I alan was so bogged down at work i was like Man, did you see the U.S. went full Dick Cheney on? Uh, and you're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "They beat, I didn't even know what you're talking. <laughs> beat I forgot Iran. entirely." Yeah. yeah. Um, but this was uh, what the fuck is this? This isn't my clip. Oh, good, I clicked you, the wrong. You clicked clip. on the wrong one, oh, Alan. Well, the- why didn't you say something? No, I'm just, <laughs> uh, well, I'll keep that loaded. That's the next sound. Um, okay. This is uh, fa- U.S. American fans. At- <laughs> it's called soccer. I like that. That's it's funny. called. So, Alan, do you want to tell your story that nobody's told on this story on this show before that you learned? No, because I'm chat? embarrassed because you told me and I didn't remember. It's fine. If you didn't remember, then the listeners don't. So, what, tell us all about why soccer's why it's called soccer. All right. So, short story. So, back in the day, um, I want to say like this is like the 1800s. So they they had there were two types of football in the UK. There was rugby football and soccer football. Um, and so they had to differentiate between the two. And so they called the, the soccer was called the International Association of Soccer or Association of Soccer. Associ- or it's like Association Soccer. Yeah. I think it was Association of Soccer. And Not, uh, uh, I think it was just Association Soccer. Association Soccer. Yes. And the, the lads back then had this fun little game they liked to play where they would shorten words and add an ER to the end of it. So Association Soccer became so- ASOC. And then they add the ER and you drop the A and you get soccer. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's called soccer. Um, this is, I'm trying to find a place where I can put my phone where it doesn't do this. Oh. It sounds like yeah. you're getting a text on your uh, desktop computer in 1998. Where the phone's <laughs> about to ring. How did you know? Because my computer went to dit, to dit, to dit. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do remember uh, Let's see. Let's see. He tagged us in this on Instagram. So let's talk about this one here. It's a... Uh... Reporting live from U.S. Iran for non-taking. This is going to be an amazing game. U.S. versus Iran. I promise you. It's been one amazing trip. I will explain it all in detail. One of the best World Cups, I would say, structure-wise in a long time. Look for me on TV. I'm right next to the goal. Good luck. He had like fucking front row seats, dude. When he says, uh, look, like, um, one of the best produced or best put on World Cups, like, yeah, they spent mm-hmm. $220 billion on it. So, billion like, dollars. Billion with a B. Yeah. 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 Plus, there, are you there? There. Go ahead. What? No. Oh. No, it's cutting out. Do you hear me? 
No, just... Oh, okay. Yeah, it's unstable, yeah. so just a second. Okay, so plus what? I said plus all those people they killed, so there's that too. Yeah, and uh, not, FIFA didn't, though. No, Dude, the, no. The president Tar. of FIFA that fucking... That, uh, okay, those people died building it. They didn't necessarily kill them. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the <laughs> uh, I know, like I'm a spokesperson for them. The, the president of FIFA that fucking got this deal that, through that really weird press conference no not that one the old one the one in 2010 oh. when this was announced oh, oh, he's okay. not allowed to come to this because he's been banned from international sporting events like soccer like the <laughs> former president of fifa that got bribed into letting this happen amongst other mm-hmm. members of the voting panel but the 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 top of fifa whatever his fucking name was yeah, yeah. he's banned from the world cup thing because like because that's, of this. that's yeah that's ironic. Like, like two years ago, there was a um, like a push for the U.S. to take this one because they're like, look at all these problems. And they're just like, yeah, nobody oh. cares. And then like it just dropped out of the news and I forgot about it. Well, anyways, here's that. Oh, I'll love that. And I have a new sound for the soundboard because I watched a movie this weekend and I was like, oh, did he just say? Isn't that something? Can you guess who that is? <laughs> uh, it sounds like an Isn't old Isn't that movie. something? Well, I watched it last week. What's a movie you would watch Oh, did you watch like an old Christmas movie, like a Christmas well, story? What was last week, Alan? Was last week Christmas? Thanksgiving. What's the only Thanksgiving movie? Wow, I can't even think of a Thanksgiving movie. Well, who does this sound like? Isn't that something? It sounds like an actor from like the 60s. 80s. Or, 80s, okay. Uh, isn't that something? I'll tell you at the end of that, isn't that something segment if you don't get it. Okay. Right. Yeah, I don't. So I, uh, Iraqi money heist. So Thrash sent this one in too. We got a lot. This is a Thrash heavy episode so far. Uh, so this is, uh, they're saying it's the greatest heist in Iraqi history, which I don't know. I've seen Three Kings. Having connectivity issues, Alan. Prime Minister standing next to $125 million. Iraq's Prime Minister has appeared in public with what he claims is $125 million in notes behind him. Mohammed Shia Sudani stood next to piles of cash of Iraqi dinar and US dollar banknotes in an attempt to show that he's tough on corruption. He claims this is a part of $2.5 billion of public money that was fraudulently withdrawn from government funds between September 2021 to August this year in what Iraqis have named the heist of the century. The cash was withdrawn from state-owned bank of Rafidain and was supposed to be used in a dollar auction. A cent- Just realized the century means this century, uh, three kings and all that gold. That was last century. Oh, nice. system yeah. that Iraqi central bank used to collect. So you get all these Iraq wars confused. U.S. dollars in exchange for Iraqi dinar. So I, I cut through that too many times. So they do uh, like a um, an auction where they try to exchange the Iraqi dinar for U.S. dollars, right? It's right. like how they bring U.S. cash in. Is that do I understand that right? I believe that's correct. Okay. Yes. Millions taken out of the state bank were never returned. The Iraqi government is one of the most corrupt in the world, but this scandal has rocked the country because of the staggering amounts of money involved. So far, only one person has been arrested in connection with the case, and details of the people and companies involved remained undisclosed. Dude, the chime in the background on that was driving me crazy because it makes the same sound that my work phone does when I get a fucking call. I'm like, no, I don't. Okay, thank God. You there, Alan? This was a particularly bad case of somebody being cut in half. What happened? Dude, I don't. my computer just fucking turned off. I don't know what's going on. Oh, this is wild. Well, I'm going to have you on speaker, and I have you next to uh, my microphone. How's that? Uh, yeah. Dude, I wonder. Hold on a second. 
Welcome back. Hey, I'm back. Nice. How's your battery holding up? Uh, I don't want to think about it, you know. Uh, <laughs> laptop battery says 81%, but it keeps jumping. At one point, it said I had five hours, and it said I had two and a half. Now it says 345. I don't know what to make of it. And then I have to edit with this battery, too, so I just don't want to think about it. I mean, hopefully the power is restored by tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Until then, I am draining the recorder off of my work laptop, which, oh, no, my work laptop didn't work in the morning. (laughs) Uh, Where did you leave us? I think you were responding to the Iraqi money heist thing. That's interesting, right? That is interesting. Yes. I, I feel like I just wanted to play that because I'm not hearing anyone talking about that. And it, um, I think it, it should be big news and perhaps it will be. And I, I wanted people to be familiar with it. Some of the, you know, we like to, we like to similar... showcase things that are less than underreported, you know? Uh, yeah. Definitely. Actually, can I, I, I know you're about to say something. I know. Can I, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go. Speaking of underreported, we're going to have a guy on tomorrow. Uh, I meant to say this earlier. Croatone reports going to join us. He's, uh, he knows a shit ton about Ukraine and China just between those two alone. will keep us busy, but he can talk to us about yeah. Libya, uh, a lot of foreign conflicts, uh, underreported stories. I'm really looking forward to having him on the show. Been trying to do it for a while. Um, he's friends with like Meridian news as well, who I also mean to have on the show. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to getting some more guests like that on the show next week we're gonna have a thomas Paine expert on you just wrote a book about the the thomas Paine. but alan was about to say something about what we were talking about the iraqi money <laughs> thing i'm sorry <laughs> yo i'm looking forward to those interviews as well uh no i'm just gonna say uh, similar things happen i recall in afghanistan um where there was just like yeah. fucking pallets of cash yeah. that disappeared into yeah. the ether yeah um yeah prime great, great for investments yeah right right yeah prime for money laundering and all that kind of stuff and corruption mm-hmm. um Okay, so let's talk about Kanye. I have this segment about Kanye, but it's secretly about Trump. Um, I think every week we talk about Kanye, I say something about how, like, yeah, it just feels like, we're, you know, I just, at some point, the mental illness part makes me yeah, just not want to go. Yeah. But it, I also, like, when you say and do the things that we're going to play stuff from, it's like, well, yeah, we, don't, you don't get to just do that and people ignore it, but you know, I don't know. Uh, but like, I just don't like beating on the drum so much. People know about it. They don't come to Nuntake and have to fucking hear that for the first time. I think these right. are interesting though. So he had, uh, so like I said, it's secretly about Trump. So Trump had Thanksgiving with Kanye and Nick Fuentes. Alan, who's Nick Fuentes? <laughs> oh, famous white supremacist. And although, but that name sounds Hispanic, Alan. Is he, uh, uh, does he look like me or does it. he look like, um, he, he does appear to be white. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah. white, white facing. White face. Okay, I, uh, I don't know his uh, uh, genealogy. Does that matter? But... I feel like people bring that up when they talk about him, and it's like I I don't really think that like that's kind of the whole point here is that it doesn't really matter what like like the people that are obsessed with that are using that as an excuse. It's like no, that you say supremacist things like you use you know. So there's there's plenty of of, of white people with with. Hispanic sounding names. Yeah. Also that, uh, anyway, so, so yeah, Trump had a, uh, uh, Oh, I see my connections unstable. Uh, Trump had a anti-Semite and a white supremacist, right? That mm. that's, is that an exaggeration? I, I hear that from, it feels like there's a walked into a bar joke there somewhere. Yeah, I, I know. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the joke is they only serve white meat. <laughs> All right. Um, so after that, the you know the Republicans made some strong statements condemning this, Ooh. and uh, <clears throat> strong. 
So I have a couple of them. Um, I, before I play them, I think it's worth noting, um, this dinner was last Tuesday and these statements came out today. So you can fuck <laughs> off. Like that was a week ago. Like, oh no, you don't understand. I was traveling. It's like, fuck, no. <laughs> so this is, uh, I think Na- holiday. Nancy Pelosi said that uh, this man is a moron. And if so, why? Yeah, you, your listeners know that from our end of shows. Uh, this is Kevin McCarthy. Okay. Oh, wait, it's open in another window. I don't think anybody should be spending any time with Nick Fuentes. He has no place in this Republican Fuentes. party. I think President Trump uh, came out four times and uh, condemned him and didn't know who he was. Well, he just said he didn't know who There's he was. no way you don't know who he was. Like, like, do you think he's having people over that he doesn't vet who they are? Or, okay, because if he doesn't, then that's not the secure facility oh. that he said it was where he kept his documents. <laughs> Well, I condemn his ideology. It has no place in society. What is your Wait, opinion? What, what so brave. So brave. Can we be calling that out? The president didn't know who he was. The president didn't know who he was. You know what? what, what he's been, so he knew who Conde West and he didn't know Conde. who Fuentes. The president had meetings with who he wants. I don't think anybody though, should have a I'm so looking forward to however long he has to be uh, Speaker of the House. Speaker. Like, it's it's just, he is so unprepared. Like, as ba- as much as I hate Nancy Pelosi, this guy is like, all I ever wanted to be was Speaker of the House. It's like, okay, here, have it. This is what you're doing. With Nick Fuentes and his views should, are nowhere within the Republican Party or within this country itself. I don't think. It's just like, it's not even, he's got 35 days till he's actually in charge of anything. But it's, oh, it's, that's going to be, uh, you know, I said, I think last show, I said, uh, good luck, bro. Good right. Luck. Right. Yeah. Then there's here's your first example of him being on the spot. So here is Mitch McConnell and what he said. Can't be reached. Reload. Oh, it's looking better. Oh, here we go. We're gonna get this one, Alan. Ready? Let me just say that there is no room in the Republican Party for anti-Semitism or white supremacy. So brave. And anyone meeting with people advocating that point of view, in my judgment, are highly unlikely to ever be elected highly president unlikely. of the United States. He left himself room. I haven't heard this yet. <laughs> in light of what you said, that there's no room in your party for anyone who harbors these anti-Semitic views, if Donald Trump wins the Republican nomination, would you support him? Look, let me just say again, there is simply no room. He won't say it. In the Republican Party for anti-Semitism or white supremacy. He memorized it. He memorized it. He's like, he doesn't mean it. He just knew the words. You're from Kentucky, dog. (laughs) To all of the leaders in the party who will be seeking offices. First, let me just say. Oh, man. Wow. Uh, Slickett sent those sounds. Highly, highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. I mean, I suppose, you know. Not going to rule it out, but, you know. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Remember when I talked about... um, Oh, we were playing something. It was from another podcast and they talked about the proximity to legitimacy, how like you're a marginal figure and you never would, you know, be brought up on these serious subjects, but you have this proximity to legitimacy. Well, that's what these two guys are doing using Donald Trump, right? Like they're bringing legitimacy to what they're saying by being in proximity to him. I can, we just pause though and say, how fucking weird is it that, the reality TV show star, like probably not that good of a businessman considering like how easy it was for him to start. Like mm-hmm. that person is the legitimacy. 
Like that's where we've come. Like Elon, you need to get out of Twitter. We need you to focus back on the simulation. It is falling apart. Like stop paying attention to Twitter. That's not significant. I need you to get back to the simulation because this isn't bananas. It's pretty wild. So all that's leading up to this week's Kanye clip, which I think it was today. So he was on the Tim Pool podcast. Toaster sent this in. Um, and okay. he was making some statements. He was expecting for Tim to agree with him. And Tim didn't just lockstep with him. Ooh, funny choice of words, lockstep. <laughs> um, it's like... I didn't. I thought I was more Malcolm X, but I find out I'm more MLK because as I'm getting hosed down every day by the press and financially, I'm just standing there. And when when I found out that they tried to put me in jail, it was like a dog was biting my arm, and I I I, I almost shed a tear, almost. But I still what? walked in stride. Yeah, I don't know because like the rest of this is the clip. But what is a great question? I have. I, I know. I don't know what. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I do it. Yeah. I, I think I think they've been extremely unfair to you. I think. Who is they though? We can't Cor- say who they Cor- is. Corporate can we? press. I'm not using the. I don't, I don't use the word as the, as the way I guess you, you guys use. I'm, I'm talking. It is about, them though, isn't it? I mean, because <laughs> no. and, and because when you think <laughs> about not. it, consider it. In 2018. What do you mean it's not? It, what What do I mean? Like, uh, uh, okay, so how about? Are you leaving? Are you afraid of the press? Wow. He's on. I'll say it right now. He took his um, headphones with him. That's weird. You guys, I, I, Does he bring his own You guys want to bring that stuff up? Maybe. I don't know. And then have think the we're discussion. not going to have a conversation. Like, have the discussion. Like, you, you think Be- yeah, he's going to come in here and say, here's my pain, here's my suffering. I'm going to say, I hear you. And then he's going to say, and it was Jewish people. And I'm going to be like, okay, but don't you consider it? So I'm not going to do this. I, I refuse. Go, uh, make sure he's cool. All right, go for it. Luke and I will have a conversation. <laughs> Wow. Uh, I attempted in the group chat. So somebody put this in the group. A toaster did. And mm-hmm. I uh, I attempted to reply, you lay down with dogs, you get fleas. And I put lady down with dogs. And then I didn't see it for three hours. And <laughs> it's just, God damn it. My fucking mom. I do what my mom does. Just crappy text messages with bad punctuation and like just never uh, explain it. At least I use at least I used uh, periods. I haven't been in the chat the whole day, so I don't even know what's going on over there. Yourself safe. Um, (laughs) All right. uh, Oh, Alan. Yes. And that's something. Ah, I didn't play that for any of those. I still don't know who that is. I even tried to cheat and Google Thanksgiving movies from the 80s. There's only one Thanksgiving movie from any decade. Name it. Google doesn't know who it is. Well, neither do I. Do you want me to tell you? Yes, please. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, shit. That's something. Yeah, it's John Candy. Uh, You mentioned lads earlier. I did, yes. I have a clip. I titled it it Lads Behaving Ladly. Lads Behaving Ladly. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, to this, and that you do need to take polling of that age breakdown very so this is a bit of a palate cleanser clip um on the economist for their like little like human interest story at the end of their podcast this uh this morning this morning they were talking about like the decline of lad culture and they talked about mm-hmm. it just sounds like bro culture but just in england which is that uk lad, yeah, okay same. all right so they're saying like you know lads are becoming more woke and there's these like fake woke lads like get good <laughs> Twitter and TikTok followings. Uh, anyways, um, this is his sort of denouement of that piece. Skeptically, often because young men are very hard to track down. They always lose their phones. They don't pick up when pollsters do ring. And they also, when they do pick up, find it quite funny to give incorrect answers. But there is something that's being missed in the general view of the, the modern lags. There's this stereotype of young people that they're sort of inevitably going to become much more progressive and be a little woke. And if you go to a, a football match and sit in the away stand, that isn't always the case. And so uh, while there is a sort of woke panic 
in, in certain newspapers that the youth are sort of too right on. I would advise them to look at what happened last summer during Euro 2020, which was hosted in London. There was a lot of crowd trouble, and there was one young man wearing a bucket hat who drank a lot of cider and took a lot of cocaine, and then in the middle of central <laughs> London put a flare up his bottom. A now, flare. that to me suggests that the lad is not quite dead. <laughs> now, that lad, literally, that, that one, um, you know, as an individual, perhaps is dead, but uh, well, the, the lad... Well, certainly uh, cool. altered, that's yes, for yes, sure. Yeah, he is not intact. Did, did you say denouement? Yeah, is that an appropriate use of that word? Isn't it denouement? Isn't that how you... I've <laughs> only read it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what are you French asshole? I bet you say genre. <laughs> you say genre you know, also. The only reason, uh, the only reason I know that is because one of the uh, clerks, um, <laughs> whatever they call that, the screen where he puts a word up and then changes to a different scene or whatever. Yeah, is that word? And I was like, is that how you say that? And I actually, I remember I'm looking sure it up. Not. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. You said it right. Anyways. Yeah, all right. Dick. <laughs> You, you didn't have to do that. Isn't that something, Alan? Um, yeah, we, hey, we're sticking to isn't that something, and I got a little bit of a heavier one. So we teased this last week uh, at the end of the show, and I wanted to make sure we we made sure oh, we had the time DeSantis for it. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about the Santa stuff. It is gro- uh, gaining... Ta- Okay, start from head of steam here. It's gaining traction. Like I've had more than one uh, person send me links to it. And I've been like, oh, did you hear me tease this last week? They're like, no, I haven't listened yet. I'm like, okay, well, um, (laughs) it's a travel week. I understand. Uh, But it's like like this. So so what did we set up last week, Alan? I've been talking a lot. Uh, So the implications that Ron DeSantis during his time in the military may have... um, been a part of some some shady stuff including like torture and so he was and, the jag was officer and Guant- yeah, Guantanamo. Guantanamo. he was tasked with making sure that the detainees rights weren't being violated he was the legal counsel for them representing the government and you know making sure we yeah, uphold but the allegation by at least one of the inmates there is that he was doing quite the opposite of what he was charged with well let's get into it here's the setup from this podcast uh, the eyes left podcast talking about this and being a pencil pusher. In March 2006, DeSantis would get his big break, a deployment to the notorious prison Guantanamo Bay. Until now, it seemed that this assignment was a fairly routine, low-level administrative job. But as we will uncover through this episode, the opposite was true. Now, DeSantis himself has never really said anything about his time at Guantanamo. He frequently mentioned it when he was in Congress, but mainly when he was advocating against the potential closure of the torture camp. In 2016, he wrote on Facebook, quote, I served at Guantanamo Bay. I know you do not want these terrorists released. Obama is putting his political agenda over the safety of Americans by wanting to close Gitmo and bring terrorists to our homeland, end quote. Basically saying, I've seen these animals firsthand. They don't deserve rights. He All right. So there, I, I will be fair. There is, at least in this podcast, because we're going to play clips, right? Like, I'm not going to mm, just yeah, yeah. not going to just bring that. I can give you a news story on this that isn't as editorialized. Uh, but I would have to read it to you and we're going to play clips. So, right. um, yeah, you can, you can tell from his perspective there where you know, there, there's editorializing, edit, yeah, editorializing in there. Um, yeah. This next clip is uh, his job there. And this, this uh, my note at least says this kind of conflicts with that last clip. So let's play at Gitmo. They said one of his responsibilities there as a JAG lawyer was to, quote, advocate for the fair and humane treatment of the detainees to ensure the U.S. military complied with the law, end quote. 
Ron's supervisor, Captain Patrick McCarthy, went on to clarify DeSantis was, quote, charged with ensuring the detainees received rights afforded to them under the Common Article 3 of the Geneva Convention, end quote. Now, Common Article 3 applies to rights for rebel fighters who are not part of a standing army like al-Qaeda. I'll quote from the international law. Quote, the following acts are and shall remain prohibited at any time and in any place whatsoever. Cruel treatment and torture. Outrages upon personal dignity. In particular, humiliating and degrading treatment. End quote. Now, when I read this, I thought to myself, something is obviously off. 2006, when DeSantis was there, was the height of the Bush torture program at Gitmo. All right. So that's a good place to stop there. So kind of giving you a setup of what it was like when he was sent there. Um, the, what are you, what are you suggesting is the conflict between those two? I, I think I'm wrong. I don't know why I put that. Oh, well, I think, so I, what I thought you were getting at was that in the first clip, it I says made this that, note a week and a half ago, Alan. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the first clip, it says that he, um, it, it was like a low level position just sort uh, of in yeah. the backwater. And then this, in the second clip, it makes, it seems like it was a, a much bigger deal. I think what he was saying in the first clip though, was that that's kind of what, DeSantis has always insinuated or, or kind of that's how he sold it is like it was I was you know it was just a basic thing um, or whatever the press around it has been that he, it wasn't a big deal I, I was aware that he was a JAG officer I was aware that he was at Gitmo and uh, he was embedded with like a, a SEAL Team 6 kind of thing in uh, that's later uh, yeah yeah because when, when I did background uh, on DeSantis when we did the Connor interview I, I read all that stuff but I this is the first time I've ever heard any of this stuff. same yeah and and you know I didn't play it but the the host sets up how difficult it's been to get this information yeah uh, and, how, and you know just the the bland statements you get from the Navy uh, sure, sure. Right, here's the next clip this is uh, allegations of torture Taney 441 Mansoor, sold to the U.S. by Afghan warlords after 9-11, was a totally innocent teenager held at Guantanamo. So that, that's real fast. So he was someone that was sold by Afghan warlords and basically sold out. And because he was said to be who they said he was, he has been stuck in Guantanamo. Just a completely right. innocent person. Bay from 2002 until 2016. So he has a robust knowledge of life and torture at Gitmo. He told me that not only was DeSantis there for what he called the worst year of his entire imprisonment. Sorry for that cough. I forgot I have two microphones open. But DeSantis was a notorious figure who didn't just know about, but observed and participated in illegal acts of torture and in fact seemed to take great pleasure in their suffering. So let's get into a few more clips that talk about that. So this next clip is, um, so the, the allegation that we hinted at last week was that he would try to gain the prisoner's trust and then learn what it was they were suffering from the most. And then he mm -hmm. would give that information back to the torturers and they would amplify whatever it was that they were complaining most about. Can I just, before we play the Yeah. I mean, hit pause. I already started just, it's loading. Okay. Um, yeah. So I guess to play devil's advocate here before we get into these clips is if somebody wanted to defend Rhonda, they would say that this guy isn't your most credible witness and maybe has an ax to grind. But in hearing these clips, he sounds credible to me. And why would know. he have one ax to grind specifically about this person? Why? Because he wants this, to thwart yeah, exactly. his political career? Like, like Exactly. I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to play. Sure, devil's advocate. sure, sure. Um, I, I think he sounds credible. Um, and I don't to your point I don't see what advantage she would have to gain by by saying this stuff personally right so. right this is our demand you know we're not asking for much you know 
At the beginning, he was just... It was Ron DeSantis. Yes, exactly. The person. He said, I'm here to ensure you're being treated humanely. Yes, exactly. And if you have any, if you have any uh, problems, if you have any concerns, if you have, just talk to me. And, you know, I, we, 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 we were drowning in that place. I'm like, oh, this is cool. That person actually driving uh, something, he will raise the concerns, but it was piece of the game. What they, what they were doing, they were, they were looking, what? I got to pause the tape. Power came back on, Alan. Woo! Hell yeah. <laughs> I saw the lights come on. Uh-huh. I can you more to use it against you. By the end of oh, 2005, that was a terrible spot to talk over. Hold on. <laughs> what hurt you more to use it against you? By the end of 2005, 2006, when he was there, one of the worst time at Guantanamo, literally. You know, the group who was in the administration, the aggregators, the guards, you know, the administration, all of them were the worst. And they cracked in us so hard when they came to break our hunger strike when we went again into force feeding. Force feeding. A team came to us, a general, the head of the team, he was a general, and he said, we were on hunger strike, and he said, the first day, he said, I am here, I have a job. I was sent here to break your fucking hunger strike. I do not care why you're here. I don't care if you who you are. My job, sir, here to, to make you eat. Today we are talking. Tomorrow there will be no, no talking. All right. Now's a good time to interrupt. So essentially, the, the prisoners had gone on a hunger strike, really the only sort of protest that they could, you know, do. Yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, hunger strike's not done by people that have a lot of options at their hands. No, exactly. Um, and so this guy was brought in. I guess we probably have clips of exactly what they did. I have a little bit more. I, I That last one kind of jumped ahead. I'm going to skip to the 12-minute mark. Go ahead. So essentially, they were they were force feeding these guys with insure, which has to be if that's not torture, I don't know what is. I it's always think part. of the Kanye song, the Through the Wire. It said the boost for breakfast and insure for dessert. Oh yeah, yeah. wow, bringing it back to Kanye. Look at you. Oh, I'll play. I'll play here. One can after another. One can after another. So when he approached me, I said, "This is the way we are treated." You said you should start to eat. I threw up in his face, literally on his face. Ron DeSantis. So he threw up on his face um, out of protest or, out of, I mean, probably mostly out of bodily necessity. Mostly, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mostly, but, mostly out of being force-fed in sure by can over can, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like, so, like, I don't know. You kind of brought it up about playing um, um, devil's advocate. I mean, do you think he's just happy to be able to say, yeah, I threw up on his face on the podcast or happy is a weird word to use, right? Like would he choose to, he wouldn't like to have that story in his life, but sure. having experienced that, I bet he's takes pleasure out of. Oh, I'm sure the the, given the platform that he would be, does that know. change the message to you? No, I don't yeah. think so. I mean, he was in that position. He was in, you know, a terrible position. He was on a hunger strike and he was being tortured. And DeSantis response was, well, then eat. Yeah. Here, let me play a little bit more. DeSantis. And his face, yeah. Mansoor vomiting on DeSantis's face in a desperate cry for help was... Let me skip ahead here. You know, like eight point, they tied our, our heads, our shoulder, our, our wrist, our thighs, and our legs. And they came, and the, what really thick tube, they call it uh, French 17 or something, through our nose. And they keep doing this over and over again, and they put some kind of um, laxative in the in the feeding liquid with like, we shit and... So they were feeding them Ensure through a, a nose tube, and they were adding laxatives to it. Ourselves all the time. 
Then we would be moved to a solitary confinement, really cold cells. If we throw up, then like we used to, we used to get fed like five times a day. It's not, it wasn't feeding. It just, it's what torture. So we couldn't handle it. For- so they were feeding them so much that that was a part of the torture. It wasn't like they were feeding them like because they had to maintain them. They were feeding them five times a day to the point that they would throw up adding laxatives to make them shit. Yeah. That was part of the torture. Yeah. Um, let me keep playing some more clips from this. Um, this one is titled, Oh, so this is a summary of the prisoner's experience. Ron DeSantis, he wasn't just there as like a lawyer that you could go to. He was actually supervising torture beatings and he was supervising these force feedings of you and others. Ron DeSantis was there all the time because his job to walk around and talk to prisoners in the camp, that was his job because to report, like, I'm here to ensure you're being treated humanely. I'm like, I'm telling Americans, if this, if this guy, if this, if this is humanity, this guy is torture, is a criminal. So when someone comes to talk to us, like, try, I'm trying to help you, and we are complaining, you know, because we thought, okay, that's my work. Then when, when you saw him there, I told her when he come to approach me when I'm first feeding, like, asked us to eat, he says, better to eat. And he was laughing. So I like, I guess I threw up in his face and he was there to ensure we were treating uh, humanely. And you, you say that while Ron DeSantis was observing you being, you were strapped to a chair, they were pouring can after can of insure down a tube through your nose. You were obviously in distress, right? At the time, it was obvious to Ron DeSantis that you were in pain. And you say that he was actually laughing during this procedure? Yes, I mean, like they were asking us to eat because they they took our hunger strike as as a tool as a challenge that, and they went to break it because when when he was there they were looking at us and laughing because also we were shitting in ourselves, and they were he was laughing because when it like when I was like screaming and yelling because when 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 your stomach full of insure you you couldn't breathe, and you throw up at the same time also there was a bleeding come of of, of my nose because the, the tube they brought really thick tube it's not like the regular one. At the beginning, they bought a small one. Then they bought a really big one. Had like a piece of metal in the end. It was hurt like hell. And I was screaming. Like when I was, I was screaming. Like I, it would be one thing if we could say, yeah, but this guy was a part of some terrorist cell and we had good intel on it. But no, we just well, took just, the words of these warlords that would sell yeah. these people. For ransoms, probably, right? Essentially like, wrong place, wrong time. Was yeah. This, this guy. Yeah. yeah. Um... Let's see. I, I think we talked. Can I ask talk- you a question? Yeah, sure. So when he starts, when he talks about DeSantis laughing while while this stuff is, is going on, do you, like, when you look in DeSantis's eyes, do you occasionally get, like, a Dexter vibe? I don't know. Like, I wouldn't like go that the- far, but, like, yeah. <laughs> maybe not. I, no, yeah, I would. Okay, so yeah. you read his bio before we did the show with Connor, yeah. and you read more than I did. You mentioned a part of his life that I didn't know at the end of that show. You said, we didn't have time to talk about how you did this. And I think that is going to summarize this part of him. What was it that you recognized in his... He was a captain of the Yale baseball team? Yes, yes. Yeah. And, he was and a teammates... jock at the preppiest fucking school there is. Yes. So, yeah, he's a fucking jock asshole. Like, he's probably not laughing like, man, the funniest thing in the world to me is watching terrorists choke and shit. And, you know, but right. he probably was like, 
when you're in the uh, locker room talk, Alan, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, with the, with the boys, grab them by the pussy, and you and and you laugh at the terrorists shitting blood or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I'm making up new new versions. By the way, his people. teammates from Yale all say that he was a terrible dude. So oh, really? There's that. Yeah. yeah. I really don't intend to turn this into just shitting on slant- over DeSantis. Yeah. yeah. Well, the reason I asked Connor on the show about like. Like DeSantis is like charisma is because everything you, I read seemed to indicate they didn't really have much. You were the first person I heard say that. Yeah, I've read a lot about it leading up to that show, and uh, Connor would confirmed he was like, "Yeah, man, in a room, like, yeah, he's not great." Yeah. That, to be fair, Connor didn't say, and I bet he tortured prisoners in Guantanamo. But. No, of course not. <laughs> yes. Of course not. Uh, let's play this last clip. This is um, a, a form of. Um, now I don't trust my words, Alan. It's a form of uh, retribution they, that the prisoners can use. Ah, okay. A yes. resistance tactic there resistance of tactic. splashing camp administrators, as it was called, which was splashing them with your own feces. But you didn't use this tactic often and reserved it only for the most hated torturers there, the worst of the worst. And uh, you told me earlier that DeSantis was one of those people who got splashed. Yes, only the worst of the worst, basically. Even the camp administration law knew that we are not going to this like this. It, not anyone get, gets splashed, no. So DeSantis got the 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 badge of shame. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> so let me say this. I um, That's some me, Silence of the Lambs shit right there. It is. The, yeah, well, it is a little different than Silence of the Lambs, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Similar. Uh, yeah, 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 different numbers. Not sure which would be worse. Number three. Hmm. Uh, I'll take, I think I'll take number three <laughs> over number two. There's a smell with number Somebody two. Somebody isolate that. That's, you know what? <clears throat> fine. It's fine. I don't care. Um, so you, so I feel like we've kind of brought the credibility of the story into question. Like whether. Well, I, if I didn't, somebody was going to. So, so well, like while we're, while we're keeping that focus on this. I think I would say I trust the the person being being interviewed. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't trust the reporter, Ah, and that goes to a different layer on things, which is too much of our press. A story like this is fucking catnip. Sure. So a guy saying he can tell you these stories is like too irresistible to pass up. Mm Mm-hmm. That said, I find him to be not, I wouldn't use the word trustworthy because I don't know his character, but I, I, I believe him. The reporter or the inmate? The, the inmate. I believe the okay. inmate, okay. but yeah, uh, I feel like the reporter could easily be influenced by the, how you just couldn't I, I avoid think a story the story. The reporter like definitely has a slant. He has an angle that yeah. he, you know, he's going after. Um, yeah, I think that's clear. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, let me play this other clip. Uh, it's another palate cleanser that, that last one about lads behaving loudly. That was a palate cleanser. Let's mm. do a palate cleanser. Uh, we'll go to half and then we'll do some more of the Ron DeSantis, uh, uh, former life stuff next week. We'll play some more. Oh, okay. Um, right. this is the economist talking about something that might shock you for, a, for a, an outfit called the economist is that economists still really don't understand what causes inflation. They don't understand what causes it to go up. <laughs> They don't really understand what causes it to stay high. All right. Well, that's the uh, first <laughs> half of not taken. I'll see you after this beer, bud. Oh, I'll see you on the peace side. <laughs> that's fucking.
This is the B-side of our platter, sports fans. And I'm singing just for you, covered in sequins. In the canyons of your mind I will wander through your brain To the ventricles of your heart, my dear I'm in love with you again Hey, did you see Stuart Rose was um, convicted of seditious conspiracy? Who's Stuart Rose? Leader of the Oath Keepers. Uh, no. Does that lead to something pretty big deal. I mean, it's the first conviction for Jan 6 that's major like that. Um, seditious conspiracy is a big deal. So does that prove that there was one? And that, At least. That, does, that, does that allow things to move up the ladder? That's their whole strategic... That's, that's their whole strategy in this. Is Yeah, I would I would think so. I, I'm just seeing the headline right now. I did listen to... Uh, you still listen to Lawfare or not? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you listened to the one that they've been talking about. They have a guy that's been like embedded in this trial um, for the last month or whatever. He talked a lot about it. Um, he thought it was pretty likely that they would convict, but it was just depending on which type of conspiracy. Oh. I think seditious conspiracy is a pretty big it deal. Seems like the heavier one. Yeah. All right, I just emailed you. All right, cool. Let me check. <clears throat> I was busy looking at my update on my tracking information. I just don't Ooh, believe for it. the laptop. Yeah, they say it's going to get... I mean, it's in nah, Kentucky. I never believe that either. Amazon always does that to me. They're like, No, it's not Amazon, tomorrow. though. This was Best Buy. I know. Oh. I know. But Amazon does it. It'll be there tomorrow. And then it's like 6 o'clock at night. And they're like, oh, maybe it's not going right. to be there. Maybe yeah. it'll be there tomorrow. Well, I have more faith in Amazon getting things to me than I do Best Buy. So. Fair. Fair. Because Only because this one was an open box. So it meant... It's like a 651 at Bed Bath & Beyond. It's like, that yep. motherfucker doesn't want to do it. And if they don't do it tomorrow, they'll do, you know, like, cause that was me. I know and exactly I didn't want what to. you mean. Yeah. I fucking hated doing that yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it was my job. Like if you had to do oh, it, yeah. it was bad, but like, it, you know, you weren't a customer service manager. Right. That was CSM all fucking day. <laughs> I love how like in 2010, I'm like, this job seems like it'll be, um, non-existent in a couple of years. And then I was right. <laughs> Good thing I joined, got a fucking skill somewhere else. Good thing. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. That, uh, thanks, man. I got a question. I got a question for you coming back from half. Yes. Do tell. What is quiet quitting? Quiet quitting is a th- um, where you just ghost your job, essentially, right? As far as I know. No. Oh, wait, wait. Is that the thing loud. in China? <laughs> That's the lay flat movement, which is a version oh, of quiet, okay. quiet, quiet quitting. Yes. I expected you to do better on this question. Uh, okay, do you have a, like do you have a real solid concept of what quiet quitting is, or should I just tell you? I I've, I know I've heard the term. I, I don't. So it's just I'll still go to work, but like you know you can fire. Oh, me. you you just go to work, but you don't. Put you can fire me, but why would you fire someone? You got a labor shortage. You need people. You're not going to fire gotcha. me, right? Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that will come up. There's a reason why I'm asking. Um, but let's get into our making fun of the right segment. So, um, this, uh, to start off our making fun of the right segment, we have a clip from, uh, the Bob Seska show, noted liberal Bob Seska, uh, sexy liberal, sexy, mm, um, and, but (laughs) he, the the podcast network. Yes. Um, but, but with radio God and friend of the show, 
Buzz Burbank on once a week, so I always listen. Hell yeah. And uh, Buzz had this to say, so uh, none of that sounds like making fun of the right. Well, here. Um, <laughs> so what, what would we call this? This is about uh, Trump's attorney versus the special prosecutor. Uh, well, we almost said, we said Dave Smith last week, Jack Smith. Jack Smith. Jack Very Smith. Close. So um, prosecuted the... Uh, mm. He worked for The Hague, prosecuted like... Uh, war crimes kind of stuff yeah and he also but, prosecuted politicians previously yes and i was trying to remember the one but i'm blanking anyways yes here one other thing that i think is encouraging is that uh donald trump has an attorney defending him on uh, a couple of these things his lead attorney yeah well, let me let me first uh, jack smith you you heard his qualifications mm -hmm. so you know uh, Jack Smith's uh, experience as a prosecutor. Now put that up against the uh, person uh, who is uh, heading up Trump's legal defense team who was, prior to this, lead counsel for a parking garage company. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you got to take what you can get at this point. I don't think there's a whole lot of lawyers coming out of the woodwork that want to work for Trump. So I got to say, if it's ace parking, though, like those guys, like you're not getting your money back. Like ace no. parking lawyers fucking rule yeah <laughs> fuck off dude i don't you feel like parking companies are all like mobbed up D definitely doesn't parking like owning a parking structure feel like a very mafia uh, friendly business it certainly does yes like you could just have a lot nowhere and be like what that's where the, that's your money laundering operation right Dude, there are some crazy lots around here, too. I went to a concert in San Francisco. Dude, Nashville's the same. Well, I'll wait. Yeah. There was there was this parking lot, this garage. It was like multiple stories. And you would drive the car, your car up, and the dude would park it for you. Oh, I hate and that. I swear he was doing, like, fucking parkour in this fucking garage <laughs> to park your car. Like, it was wild. I was like, this dude's going to fucking wreck my car. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't somehow managed to. They were getting like 200 cars in the space of like 100 cars should have fitted. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's some efficiency to that, but I don't care for other people driving my car. Uh, like, okay, we're making fun of the right here. I have a sound from <laughs> this actually got a lot of popularity, but I didn't see a lot. Maybe it was just because it was the Thanksgiving week. Um, mm -hmm. What, not Walker? What, what Herschel uh, Walker? Yeah, George Herschel Walker Bush is. Uh, so he's on TV on with. Um, so, so you've seen uh, Trading Places, right? Yes. Where they, uh, the two guys, Mortimer and what's his name, make a bet uh, for a dollar that they could get uh, Eddie Murphy to do Ray from Ghostbusters' job. What's his name? Yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a scene where Eddie Murphy's sitting between them in the back of a limo, and that's exactly what Herschel Walker Bush <laughs> looks like in between Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz. Go fuck yourself. Well, he says this. This election is more than Herschel Walker. This election is about the people. What? Well, this is a what? This election is about the people. Oh, man. The first part. Okay, so which one, Alan, when he says this erection instead of this election, which one of them turned their head first, do you think? Oh, it's got to be Lindsay. Here's his Mr. Ladybugs. This election is about the people. <laughs> what? Oh, you said the magic word. <laughs> oh, them's just my little ladybugs. <laughs> All right. Um, I have a vintage George W. Bush, uh, George uh, Her Herschel, Herbert, Herbert. Yeah. the real George W. Bush. So the real, the real George. Bush. Yeah. So this is That's uh, his Twitter handle. He, oh, actually, wow. Um, this is uh, 
what year is this 2005 something like that um and he was asked by maybe it was closer to 9-11 oh it's december 2001 so a couple years after 9-11 he's at a uh, hanukkah lighting ceremony and he gets asked by the press something about a video where um you could see some humanity with osama bin laden maybe and 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 they asked him if he was surprised by that by like so that's kind of the question i can't make out the question what kind of murderer okay. he is and how murderer he is Hold on. just reminded me what a murderer he is and then he turns and looks at the camera and half smiles it's so weird man it's so weird like like he was so um so primed to be good and photogenic and then he was such a fucking dunce when he started talking like he was a bad orator he was a decider yes just reminded me what a murderer he is and how right and just our cause is um i i couldn't imagine somebody like osama bin laden understanding the joy of hanukkah (laughs) i don't know why that's so funny to me (laughs) let me play it again I couldn't imagine somebody like Osama bin Laden understanding the joy of Hanukkah. And then he like makes his half smile and looks off into space towards the cameras. Like, wasn't that good? <laughs> like he's, like, he's trying to imagine. Literally. He's like, even I can't imagine the joy of Hanukkah. <laughs> Me, a Texas Christian. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I, and, how, and if I couldn't, then how could he? Like, <laughs> 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 All right, well, let's go back to something wow. more contemporary. Um so Donald Trump at his rallies has been using a nickname for Letitia James. Has, have you heard it, Alan? I have not, no. Okay. So I think this might take a minute to load. If it interrupts me, I apologize. But um, so he's been talking at his rallies, and, uh, and, and this one was in North Carolina. Take your shirt off. There's no better example of the left's chilling obsession with targeting political opponents than the baseless, abusive, and depraved lawsuit against me my family, my company, by the racist Attorney General of New York State, Letitia Peekaboo James. Peekaboo? Yeah. What? Why Peekaboo? Well, that was my question. That's what I wrote down. Why Peekaboo? Did you see this? Have you been looking at the sheet, Alan? You're not supposed to look at the sheet. We talked about this. Oh, no. I, it's literally <laughs> I the words. Yeah, I highlighted it. Why Peekaboo? I don't know. I have no idea. So there's been speculation about it. I don't want to tell. So there's been speculation about it. And now it's the goddamn liberal media, Alan. So, you know, of course it's racism. Sure, Um, sure. So the racism take is that he's saying peekaboo so he can get away with saying a different word that starts with a J and ends with the same three letters. Now, I think that that sounds like someone projecting their opinion onto that so so there's a couple of camps there's one that's that one so basically he's saying remember that jay-z song where he said instead of saying the n-word on the radio edit it says jigga what mm-hmm, yeah yeah it's that that's what it starts with was that not obvious i, I, I got oh I got you understood the whole time <laughs> i didn't understand okay. that part yes is jigaboo racist like if i said that like we i need to worry about saying it on the show I, I think you should avoid saying that. Okay, word, but yeah. in that last isolated instance, that was fine. I think so. Yes. Okay, um, you asked the question, so yeah. Sure, uh, I was yeah. just asking questions. So it 
So, okay. So one theory is that he's trying to get away with saying that. And the people, the proponents of that theory are like, he knows where his bread's buttered. He's at these rallies. He's in North Carolina. He can get away. And it's like, I just don't feel like, I don't imagine him saying that word. Like the, the, the full word. I also feel like, not like I think he's a good person. I just don't picture him saying that word. Yeah, if and if he wanted to, you're talking about the J word, right? Yeah. Not the now we now we have I feel to call like, it the J word. I feel like if he wanted to say that word, he would he would just, just say, say it and it. be like, "What? I can't say that, right?" Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, what's the alternate? The other theory is that it's um like uh, he misread the prompter, <laughs> or it was like mistyped and autocorrected. So, what was it supposed to be? Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't buy that. I don't understand peekaboo. So the other theory is like she's looking around at his things, like peekaboo. So if it turns out that it's just like, ooh, peekaboo, I'm looking through your stuff, and you thought that he was being racist, aren't you the racist one? All I would say, I, I won't. That, I now I, I, a, I know I use the word you, Alan. I'm not talking about you. I know. I know. Oh. I don't give. I don't give this pres- former president of ours a, a lot of compliments. I will say. He's generally pretty good at picking his nicknames for his opponents. Yeah. Um, and I, I, this one, I, I don't, this is a fail. I, whatever the, whatever the reasoning behind it is, it's a fail. This yeah. is a bad one. I feel like he's losing it a little bit. Do you know, well, it's funny you say that. So that's what Cohen's thought is. Cohen says he's got dementia. Michael Cohen? Okay. Yes, Michael Cohen. Uh, friend of the show. He does. Friend of the show, Michael Cohen, said that. <laughs> yes, yeah. I don't want him to be a friend of the show. No, he's not a friend of the show. Yeah, I didn't like that I paid him $75 to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. What did you hear him say that? Uh, when I was trying to figure out why he said that, all the oh, news okay. reports were like, whatever. what did Conan, what Conan, what did Michael Cohen think? All right, well, let's move on to making fun of the left. Okay. Um, so I was listening to the daily, I believe this was last week. This was last week. Um, it was their episode called Triple Pandemic Explained. Um, and I think they also called it like a tridemic, which I think English majors should be upset about hearing any other students <laughs> say. Um, I, I'm i only playing this, Alan, because I hate his stupid sounds. I hate his sounds so fucking much. My- Michael Barbaro? Yes. Oh, it's a good question because Don't normally the flu doesn't really pick up till December and the peak is sort of January through March. We don't fully know why. Part of it is probably, as we were talking about with RSV, that a lot of people didn't get the flu for the last couple of years. And so there's just more people, more susceptibility. And part of it is also that COVID has made viruses behave really weirdly. The flu and RSV have sort of come at unusual times of year or too early, too huh. late, all year round. Shut up. I hate the way you talk. <laughs> stupid sounds. I know nobody cares about it besides me. <laughs> we had such a, long, such a long way to go for it to get there. It makes you so angry. I, uh, yeah, I know. That was a long clip. And at one point it goes, hmm. And I just, it makes me want to turn the fucking show off. Like, I can read this. Like, I don't need to hear you talk to me. Uh, I have a real um, clip from the left, though, of uh, like a real fucking meltdown. Did you see Nancy Pelosi and Wolf Blitzer get into it on CNN? I did. You saw it? I, oh, yeah, because you watched three hours of cable news a day. I did. <laughs> did you see this shit live? I didn't see it live. Okay, I I mean, I'm, I'm going to hit play on this and I'll be right back because I left my beer in the other room on the break. Okay, okay. These are incredibly difficult times right now uh, and we'll leave it on that note. Thank you so much yeah. for joining no, we'll us. We'll leave it on the vote that you are not right on this, Wolf, and I hate to say that to All you. Right. But I feel confident about it and I feel confident about my colleagues and I feel confidence in my chairs. And it's not about me. It's about millions of Americans who can't put food on the table, who can't pay the rent. 
and we represent them, and we represent them, and we represent these long food lines that we're seeing. I know you are. them. I'm just saying. We represent them, and we know them. As we say, we know them. We represent them. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, as they say. It is nowhere near perfect. Say good. Always the case, but we're not even close to the good. All right, let's see what happens because every day is critically, critically important. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for your sensitivity to our constituents' needs. I am sensitive to them because I see them on the street begging for food, begging for money. It's just two last word freaks. We're not done. Like it's just two (laughs) last word freaks. Madam Speaker, thank you so much. Have you fed them? We feed them. We feed. Them. These are incredibly difficult times. We feed them. We feed them. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna because I'm gonna just sound like a total right winger, and I don't need to come across that way. I'm independent. You feed them. You feed them. Yeah. Well, you take their money from them so that you can feed people. Maybe they could have their. No. And also, they is we. Like, okay, you live up there, Capitol Hill, and all that stuff. And mm. okay. Alan, say something. <laughs> that was a really funny exchange. And I, I you know, I, I've seen Wolf Blitzer be a little bit... Um, cantankerous. Cantankerous before, but I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. No. And then for... Uh, two, you're right. They are last worders. Like, they will just not let that thing end. No. no. It could have ended like seven times. There's like two pit bulls fighting over a toddler. Like, yeah, just it like was- no, it's my toddler. Like, ah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let me play this clip. I have three clips of Kamala for this week, Alan. Uh, This first one's pretty quick because it's not that bad. This is what she should fucking sound like. She is capable of doing this. And and like this in itself will show you why she's so fucking bad in all the other clips we always play. So she's in between takes on a news set talking about how to properly uh, uh, brine a turkey. And she's she's being told she has a minute between the next interview. So she's off camera doing this as a normal person. Um, But a dry brine is easier. And do it brine for The only thing remarkable is her hands will not stay still. It's very weird. (laughs) Oh, she is talking about time. Time, you know, the passage of time. One minute. No, the the spice. Kosher salt, fresh ground pepper. Um, maybe chop up a little time. Time. And just, and then you can Remember, she likes to talk about the passage of time, though, Alan. <laughs> she does. I know. Really this, is, okay, so do this one's got a wine in it. All over it. Like, like, just like lather that media, right? With mm-hmm. Lather the outside it. in the cabinet. To get you horny, Alan. Um, you can also <laughs> chop up, but not with the time, just the salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. Mix that up also with some thyme. You could even do a little rosemary. Oh God, she can't help it but talk about thyme. <laughs> she, she loves saying thyme. I had to it's stop. Her favorite it. word. All right. <laughs> I didn't realize how many times she said thyme. You're right, though. That is off the cuff. Is she's you know, fine? That's actually, that's fine. Yeah, so she's and capable by the way, of it. You got to put the butter on there to get the the crispy yeah, skin. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And you got to get yeah. under the skin. Under the skin. Uh, okay. We smoked our turkey. I didn't tell you any of this. Oh my god. Oh no. So that was Thanksgiving that I had to go up to Kentucky, Kentucky the and first let's time. Not forget. Oh, hold on. Um, the uh, what's that? My phone went off. Oh, all right. Um, yeah, that <laughs> first call was uh, I had worked all day on Thanksgiving. I got home at like five, and we had started to like prep to do Thanksgiving. And I and I had convinced Natasha, or she had convinced me that we should smoke the turkey. And I just smoked turkey's phenomenal. I just it. warmed the the smoker up, got it to the right yeah. temperature. Literally, just put the turkey on the grill when the call came in. It was like fuck, oh shit, you know, that fucking light switch. Um, <laughs> God, it's not a thing. It's not a common thing. Like they, they no one else has that light switch. Like yeah, that's I, weird. I would yeah. have to know. That Why you would have, you have that? Yeah. <sighs> 
Also that, like that fan, it helps you to have that on. Just let that fan run all the time. That relay doesn't have to engage. The fan's always on. Okay. And what's so bad about pulling air out of your space? It's com- Okay. It seems good. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to stop. Uh, this is this is Kamala Harris. Um, uh, the the interview the 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 news presenter sets it up just about fine. the vice president's big trip to Asia. Watch this. This is in the Philippines. <laughs> so there's a bunch of fi- fishermen walking by with a bunch of fish in buckets on top of their head. Okay. Hello. 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 One walk by. You. Hello. Thank you. Hello. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's so weird. That's like that's like the kid in class that like everybody's ignoring and they're like, hello, 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 hello do you see me? Hello. Here? Do you and see they're me? just I'm walking here. by like she's not there. Like, yeah, right. that's actually exactly what it's like. <laughs> hey, can I ask you a question? Of course. Uh, what would it look like if Kamala Harris was quiet quitting? <laughs> That's why you asked that earlier. (laughs) Just no effort, zero effort, uh, time, passage of time. Saying hello to fishermen. Hello, 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 hi. What was she thanking them for? I don't like. I don't bringing in the fish. Thank you, (laughs) (laughs) Alice. She's quiet quitting. She's fucking quiet quitting. (laughs) Kamala Harris, quiet quitter. Was that show title? I think Quiet it is. Quitting? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've got another Kamala clip for you. Oh no, it's the same one. I guess I only had two, but I put the fucking. Oh, oh I was like, dude, we got one. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I might have one more. I think there is. I think there's multiple slides on this. Hold on. Okay. Because <laughs> this is her just stuck in one position. No, this her talking about the. Stuck. In okay. One. It's being delivered. And so tomorrow. just little. One minute out. I have one okay. minute. Yeah. Kosher salt, fresh ground pepper. Um, maybe chop up a little thyme. And yeah, that's okay. We don't have to play. Okay, so I had two. Actually, I think the audio on that was better. It was a lot better. Yeah, yeah. yeah the first yeah. one sucked. Oh well, whatever. Yeah. That I'm, no one's gonna hear the sound. I'm cutting this out. <laughs> All right, so I only had two Kamala clips. Uh, let's move on to our uh, other big stories that I put into this other half. So I've got um, a huge story that the the Daily broke this morning. As much as I hate Michael Barber, I bet he's gonna um through this whole fucking thing. Um, <laughs> and then I've got uh, if we have time, we're gonna talk about China. Although we may skip China because our guest tomorrow is pretty well versed on it. I think maybe we well let's touch yeah. on we'll play a couple. I mean, there's there's news from China to talk about, and I think it would be remiss to not play some of these sounds because we won't play them tomorrow. But we'll get more in depth with it tomorrow. We can play them tomorrow. I don't see why not. But that's actually it's a good point. Okay. Um, all right. So, so from the daily this morning, uh, Alan, you listened to the same podcast as I did. I said, Hey, I know we've been skipping the daily lately. Uh, I don't know if you want to listen to this one, but, uh, what was it about? It was about an influence campaign, uh, uh, by anti-abortion activists, uh, on the Supreme court. Um, and he'd been doing it for 30 plus years in the nineties. He'd yes. actually gotten some not, no, notoriety about it. He had confronted Bill Clinton with a uh, fetus they'd got from an abortion clinic. I, I didn't remember his name, but I do remember his some stunts. Of the stunts. Yeah. Pulled. Yeah. Yes. So getting arrested for things for his, his forms of protest, which um, he approached I'm Clinton all for. While he was jogging with like a, a, a four month old. Yeah. I don't like what his message yeah. is, but I, 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 I have a level of admiration for that type of protest. You know what I mean? Like when it's things that I find more 
fitting for protesting over. Uh, that's a method that I'd be like, mm, it's probably not going to do anything, but some balls. And I can recognize that in something that I don't like too. Just to, just to be clear, you don't support the cause, but the, the method. Is- I, I don't necessarily even support the method, but when it is a right. cause I like, I go, ah, badass. So I, I, I can, I can recognize that in this as well. Um, so I think this first one is kind of setting up, um, so what they realize is that there's lobbyists and there's uh, and they can control, you know, the, the two branches of Congress with or two branches of our three branches of government mm-hmm. um, with, you know, they're, they're, those are just politicians. If you're in Congress or if you're a senator, you're if you're a member of the House or if you're a senator, uh, you're a politician. If you're president, you're a politician. Um, sure. And those are all susceptible to lobbying groups. But um, because politicians need to raise money for their next thank campaign. You. Yes, 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 exactly. But judges don't. And they're there for life. So mm-hmm. they realized that what if they could do something like lobbying? And this is what they came up with. The Supreme Court. But he realizes that there's a limit to what he himself can do. Mm. Because remember, he's really controversial. Mm. People know his name and they associate it, for example, with this fetus stunt. Right. So he needs proxies. He needs people who are lower profile than he is, who can draw close to the justices, perhaps even without the justices necessarily understanding what they're trying to do. There were some people who were more than donors. They were fully engaged with us in our work. Uh, uh, let me get back to that. But um, can you hear all these dogs in the background? I, I did, yes. I think the pizza got here. When the power went out, uh, Natasha ordered pizza. Nice. So I think that sets it up pretty well. Um, do you remember, though, oh, it's been months. It was shortly after the Dobbs decision that uh, they, when they reversed Roe versus Wade, I had a clip of a woman who was standing outside with pro... Pro anti-choice, not pro-choice. Yeah. Anti-abortion protest, pro-life, pro-life people um, saying, and, and so she was recording them and she had recorded a woman saying that she organizes, she runs a a prayer group and um, through a church that is only the Supreme court justices that they go there. So it's a, um, it's a fucking influence campaign. It sounds exactly like what they were just talking about, right? It does. And so they talk about, so they use this historical uh, Supreme Court Historical Society as sort of their entry point to get to these judges. And I had heard about that before, people doing that. I don't. I, I, <clears throat> I think it may have been the clip that you played before. It might have been somewhere else too. I don't remember the context. But this whole thing is very weird. We'll get more into it. But it's so bizarre how little sort of like ethical guardrails the Supreme Court seems to have for being the highest court in the land. Um, I mean, I'm sure the clips will get into it. I don't want to spoil anything. No, it's okay. Um, Yeah. No, let me me play this next one. I think this next one skips ahead too far, and I meant to put another one in, which I don't know where it is. So I know well, we where to, fill in if we I know to. well I know where to back up to if this isn't the right clip and I'll come okay. back to this one. Perhaps even without the justices necessarily understanding what they're trying to do. There were some people who were more than donors. They were fully engaged with us in our work. Um, So he starts to deploy donors from his own organization, wealthy couples, 
and he positions them to become friendly with the justices. What we would attempt to do is match couples, our couples, to justice couples. So kind of feel out personality types, interests, age, uh, station in life, and so forth, and, and, and try our best to be matchmakers. Try to pair up couples where we thought there was a good prospect for a meaningful... F- yeah. Dude, is this like some fucking spy shit? This is like some CIA MI6 type shit, right? Where they they plant these people in whatever organization they want to take over or gain some control over. I mean, that's what this sounds like. Dude, it's, it's funny. It's the fucking Supreme Court. No, it's it's funny you say that. I mean, my my note for that was, doesn't this sound like social engineering? Yeah, I mean, it's the same same thing. Yeah, it is. But like, <laughs> like they're they're like and. <sighs> That's, that's so it's wild honestly it, and it's so easy it's so easy like yeah, it's he, such a glaring flaw as he talks about it more you're like oh well that's obviously really easy to do if, if you're smart enough to do it like it's not that crazy yeah well here let me play this next one this so so they even had like an orientation briefing so uh, i'm calling them lobbyists yeah the fascinating documents we came across is this orientation briefing from 2008 for these donors who are going to these events. Hmm. And here, let me find some language Hmm. for you because I, I want you to hear exactly what this says. He says, anyone with you is introduced to the justice, not the other way around. Do not ID me, that's Shank, or Faith in Action. You're here because you value the society's programs. So I wonder if you can give us an example of what that looks like in practice once these trained couples are deployed to actually do this work of cozying up to the justices. About another 45 seconds. Well, the most successful example is a couple that actually ends up forming relationships with several Supreme Court justices and their wives. They got it. And it was even more than that. You know, there are professional psychologists, and there are some very good amateur ones. And this particular couple really had an innate capacity for understanding human behavior. It's social engineering. What bothered Mm -hmm. those justice couples they interacted with, what their needs were, and they responded to those needs. And I can tell... And the best part was, like, later on, because Scalia was the one that they, like, and we'll get to that, we'll get to that, gave it away uh but the scalia even said like oh no 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 yeah we knew them yeah we talked but like they, they weren't influencing us it's like that's well, the, even the whole just the, point is that you don't know the orientation being so specific uh-huh. about the protocols uh-huh. in that environment so you don't say hey uh justice scalia this is my buddy the ceo of hobby lobby you oh say, they come up next yes the, you say this is john smith mr scalia justice scalia you know what i mean like yeah you don't introduce him you introduce them to the hip to the yeah. justice um just very specific things that they honed in on that made them immediately part of the club mm-hmm. and they understood that those social aspects had to be nailed for this to work okay what's significant about that that i'm not catching what do you mean so like why why is it important that they introduce them in that specific way is because it just more prestigious I see. Yes. And it's stroking the person that's more powerful. Stroking or, the ego. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, Doesn't matter if you're the CEO of Hobby Lobby. This is Justice Scalia. Right. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he finds out that he's the CEO of Hobby Lobby and you introduced me. Wow. I get it. Yeah, of course. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, Well, speaking of Hobby Lobby, speaking of inequities, uh, traffickers, (laughs) inequities? No. Antiquities. That was the word. Antiquities. Antiquities. Oh, I forgot about that. No, I never forget about that. Yeah. Hobby Lobby (laughs) has been stealing like uh, tablets from ancient Babylon for years. Like, yeah, yeah. uh, They paid a huge fine for it. (laughs) Uh, All right. So here's the next clip. It's about Hobby Lobby. With it. But the story I'm about to tell you revolves around the 2014 Supreme Court case known as Hobby Lobby. So Hobby Lobby is a chain of craft stores. It's a big company, but it's a family-owned business. It's owned by this family named the Greens. Mm-hmm. And after President Obama passes his health care law, they sue. Because what they're saying is that they shouldn't be forced to pay for some forms of contraception that violate their religious beliefs. So the case becomes a huge deal because it's about three things. It's a reproductive rights case about contraception. It's about whether corporations have religious rights. And it's a challenge to the then president's health care law. If I remember right, oral argument was in March. We knew that being a very controversial decision, it likely would not be announced until June. And Schenck is very, very attuned to this case. All right, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because I don't want to just play the whole fucking podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we get to the point where the leak comes out. Uh, here, let's just play. Right. Have a conversation because the rights and the Alitos are about to have one of their meals together. And what he says is that he and Gail Wright agree that at this meal she may be able to learn something about the status of the Hobby Lobby case. Let's see what happens if I skip ahead 30 seconds. And so Shank says he calls her and that she conveys the outcome of the Hobby Lobby case. She tells him that that company is going to win. And he says she tells him that the decision is being authored by Justice Alito. I, I just want to say that I skipped 30 seconds ahead. If I didn't say that out loud, you wouldn't have known it. And I no. couldn't imagine if you had to sit through that. So, like, it was the same story. Um, yeah. So Alito. Oh, oh all right. Um, now, I was thinking now. Now, Alito. Is he still on the bench or is he the one Scalia die or Scalia die? I think Alito is still there. Which one? Who had the leaked opinion on Dobbs? Uh, That's still unclear, I believe. No, no, no. Whose opinion? Who was the one that had the opinion on Dobbs? Pretty sure it was Alito. It was Alito. It was Alito. It was Alito. Okay. So the same family that got the leaked information on Dobbs and they're like trying to say like, Oh, it's these liberals that got that out into the media. Mm. It might just be an organization like this that did it. And then it got into the wrong hands of somebody at that organization who was more sympathetic to getting that out there. Right. Like that's just as like, because they're the people that have the influence campaign. If they're supposed to be so airtight, but they're so susceptible to people that are trying to persuade them and getting that information out. I mean, it seems just as likely that that could have been, I mean, Yes. I mean, who cares? What are you more upset about? The fact that that happened or the fact that these people are controlling 
um, the lifelong members with no fucking term limits or age limits. Or need to recuse themselves from cases that they're personally they, they, involved in. Right. Like, like this is so. This is actually kind of terrifying if you think about it. it One is. branch of our government is is completely susceptible to this kind of influence. And it was believed, and it's believed people. to be shielded from it. it it's that, not just susceptible. They, we have like it's it's off the radar to to even be concerned right. about it. Because they're supposedly, you know, above it all. Yeah, I'm partial. With their big robes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's very godlike. It reminds me of church. I don't care for that. It, it, I agree. Court always reminds me of church. Interesting. Less I organs. I thought of it until you said that, but I agree now that you said yeah, it. Yeah, less organs. <laughs> less organs, yeah. Plenty of pipe, though. Um, this is what <laughs> shifted the guy away from doing that. So this guy's talking to the New York Times yes. for a reason. Wing of the jail. And about three cell doors. So he would get arrested for his protesting. And uh, one of the times he was put into the psychiatric wing because the jail was so overcrowded. Right. Um, and a couple of cells over, he's describing a woman that was there. down from me, there was a woman who was obviously mentally ill and she was screaming just endlessly. And she was pleading for someone to come to the aid of her children. Please, somebody help my kids. I have three babies. Where are my babies? Who's taking care of them? And I was thinking, why isn't anyone coming to this woman? No one cared. Nobody was coming to this woman's aid. And during my years in the anti-abortion movement, I had this vision always of a woman rosy-cheeked, always white, cradling the baby. And we use these images quite often. Like the Gerber baby. Yes, cradling a little Gerber baby that she had just given birth to because she listened to our pleas for her to not kill her child. And why would any woman want to choose abortion when she could have this level of happiness? But that wasn't the reality of this woman's life and experience with her children. It snapped me out of that imaginary world I had been in. And I realized in our movement, we had demanded that women in an unwelcome pregnancy enter our fantasy. You know what? Can I, can I say something like, you never can tell when somebody's going to have like a An epiphany. What is it? Like the Saul on the road, road to, to Damascus. Damascus moment. Yeah. <laughs> moment where the scales, scales fall off his eyes yeah, yeah. and he turns his I, name into Paul. Right. Like you can never, I guess you, that's, you can't predict that, but are you fucking serious? That's what, that's what okay, you had to. Okay. Thank you, Alan. I didn't know how to say this. Yeah. I was like, hold on. Isn't this what people always like, this is the shit that like, like when me and you feel exasperated, we're like, well, you're telling people that they have to have these kids. They're going to be unwanted. And they just go, no, they'll go to adoption, blah, blah, blah. And they just give you all these dismissive answers. We're right. like, that feels like a silver bullet the first time you try it. And then it fails every time you try to connect with a human being on that one. Right. And you're like, look, you're trying to make them be born. You're assuming that the people like, who can have a means to are going to be fit parents. Like any number of reasons. It's it could be potentially bad for that life experience to have even been born. Like, Whatever, like if that leads to a life of trauma and suicide, like is that worth it? Like, right. and like, and then just that never goes anywhere. And this guy's like, no. 
Yeah, you know what did it for me was there's this crazy lady because you could te- you could tear that his story apart. You'd be like, well, she's a crazy person. Maybe she didn't even have kids. Also, <laughs> right. may, may, maybe those kids are going to be in better help now that she's like. And, but that's what worked for him. Thirty that's years so, in, that's thirty fucking years in. I I don't know, man. That's I, just fucking blows my mind. Think I, I mean, I'm not, the whole I'm not time. saying he's lying, but I, I'm just I don't saying either. That's but I I feel like wild. he probably knew the whole time, and that was when it finally. Maybe couldn't maybe. deny there, it anymore. Yeah, there was a disconnect somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that normally closed circuit wasn't wasn't. Closed. No, don't talk about that. Oh, you just brought me back to that oven. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. If it's energized, though, it's going to be normally open. So you oh, might. Okay. It, so it's more like a normally open circuit, and it's de-energized. <laughs> okay. I was I was just throwing a, a metaphor out there. I right, know. but if you think about it, if it's a normally I, I open circuit, when it's working, it's closed. So, like, you have a functioning brain. Okay. Yes, I, I understand. All right, I, thanks. I get it. Yeah. Um, talk about China. Okay, we'll play this clip, and then we'll save the rest for later. So this is uh, the current events with China, summary of current, of current events with China. Or actually... Is that better to play with it? Well, it'll be old by then. It's current events. Yeah, let's play it now. We can, okay. we can always come back to yeah. it. All of the police vehicles that are currently heading in to take control of the uh, protests. This um, is all surrounding the Foxconn factory. There was a wage dispute. There was a, a miscommunication that had everybody disgruntled in the first place. But then when you throw in the zero COVID. People have had enough. You're yeah. th- almost three years into this thing. All this kind of stuff is a really good smoke and mirror campaign. That the government remotely changed all of the protesters' yes. QR codes to red. It, it's hopeless. It feels hopeless. People are freaking out. They're like, yeah. "How you can't keep me in this in this spot?" They're attacking the zero COVID cops. Yes. Why are they breaking down the COVID quarantine barriers? Yeah. What does that have to do with a wage dispute? It's insane how much control they have. And so they're trying to justify it through all these different misinformation campaigns. And it's awful. I'm sick and tired of it. China, the Chinese government doesn't care about COVID. What they care about is the ability to stop any and all dissent. And you can see. So I think that's kind of like a smash cut. Uh, it's more than Foxconn, though. I mean, exactly. Yeah, the, that's the why that, I think even that video is already aged. I agree. It's about the fire. Talk about it. The building fire. So the fire. There was a building fire. Ten people, I believe, died, um, and that's because the firefighters couldn't get to the building because they. Did you see the video the of the fire hose spraying water, and it was dropping like ten feet short of the building? And the reason yeah. that it only got that close, it was because there was a roadblock. Because of the quarantine roadblock, the COVID, yeah. So the truck couldn't get any closer. So this thing is building. This is, I mean, Foxconn, I guess, was probably the the beginning, Um, but it's just continued. I mean, well, it was more than that too. People starving in their homes because of lockdowns, like Shanghai, going back to February. Yeah. So this is not coming from nowhere. And and I've been fed up. I don't know if you do you watch China Uncensored on YouTube. I have not. I've I've seen the. I think I watched one episode you sent me. I haven't followed it. There, Wei got me watching them. Um, yeah. Kind of a little snarky, but it's fine. Uh, yeah. So are we, right? Uh, <laughs> sure. The the he he had a thing where he was. So he was recapping this, and he was talking about how she's got the or C has the problem with the housing bubble. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he's got the the economy reeling because of that. Also, zero COVID issues. And in ways, they're trying to 
counter the the housing bubble and they're trying to resolve that and they're right. trying to outwardly resolve zero covid by saying that they're kind of being like kinder and gentler they're not going to lock down whole cities anymore they'll lock down neighborhoods they're or being blocks. more specific yeah but that's not true they're still um doing these massive lockdowns they're just not doing it officially so that somebody who is an authority over you is telling you you're going to be locked down whether it's mm-hmm. your employer or you know, they, they, they're, and so it's just, it's not getting reported the same way, but the effects on individuals is still the same. Uh, and yeah, like you said, people are fed up with it. People are comparing this to Tiananmen. I think that's a little excessive, but yeah, we're not quite there yet, well, but I mean, the problem with zero COVID is it's almost impossible for them to walk that back at this well, point. Well, especially, yeah, at this point, cause it, it, re, they're saying it hit a tipping point, right? Like the infections yeah. are spreading. Now, that, they, I don't trust infections popular- numbers because they alter people's QR codes. They say people are infected that's so that they can lock true. them in. I don't trust the numbers. But they have a huge population that's not vaccinated, especially the elderly. So if they walk these zero COVID policies back, then you could see a lot of people getting sick, a lot of people dying, potentially their healthcare system being overwhelmed. So it's like the, he's backed himself into a corner essentially here. What's he going to do? Yeah. You know, because the people are fed up with all of this. Um, but if he tries to ease that, it, he could see, you know, other bad shit could happen. It's also going to piss people off. So uh, this is not a, there's, there's no win here for him. It seems at this point. No, no. Well, let's talk about by that him, more. I mean, C, yeah, by him, you mean yeah. she and by she, you yeah. mean C. Yes. What did I say? It's clear as mud. Um, I think he won. Oh, it's triggering <laughs> me. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about it more tomorrow. Uh, yeah, yeah. For sure. or, or for the Friday show with uh, Crow Tone Reports. Really looking forward to that. Um, okay. I have a Culture Wars. Uh, actually, excuse me. Let me skip that. Um, <laughs> I want to play this clip. Um, at, do you like it when I play clips from the Philosophize This podcast? Yeah, I love those. Good, good. I like it too. So I don't know how to say this woman's name, and I heard it a million times. I'll say it in the clip, I'm sure. Simone. Vail, 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 W E I L. Um, Depends if she's German. Yeah, it's un- unclear to me uh, okay. from memory. Uh, I was listening to this while I was driving all over the state and working on ovens. So I was like, ooh, that's a note. Let's add this to the show. <laughs> um, and it's funny, I talk about listening to this uh, while I was doing something else. So this was a difficult podcast to listen to. I kept having to stop it and restart and go back and give it the attention it deserves. I often have to do that with this podcast. Well, this subject was about attention. Okay. So um, let me play this and then we'll talk about it after. Okay. Simone, he'll say it, I'm sure. Existence. We'll see it applied in her epistemology, her cosmology, ontology, I mean, if there's a logi that exists in the world where I think we're going to cover it eventually, don't worry. Uh, but I think a helpful place to start making the case for an ethics of attention, again, to just get us started thinking in this direction that Simone Weil is eventually headed, Vey. I think it might be useful to talk about the importance of attention at maybe the most basic everyday level you possibly could. Everybody listening to this knows that throughout your day-to-day existence, the way that you orient yourself towards the things that are going on in your world can have a drastic impact on the experience that you end up having of the thing that's going on. For example, someone invites you out to a get-together with some friends. A social meetup, let's call it. Now, most of the people going to this meetup, you're cool with. But then there's that one guy that's going. And he's a guy that, well, now that you think about it, maybe top two top three dumbest people you've ever laid eyes upon. He's the absolute worst. You really don't want to go to this thing, but your friend asked you to go, so you go anyway. And when you do, almost like magic, 
that person is horrible, as usual, and you end up having the negative experience that you were expecting to have going into it. Now contrast this situation with some other day of the week, totally different meetup, different people, and this one, at the start of it, you know it's going to be boring. Again, you don't want to go, but this time you decide you're going to channel a little Nietzsche, a little Amor Fati, accept that which is necessary. This time you're going to go to the meetup, and you're going to just be open to the experience, whatever happens. You do this, and then again, magically, sometimes in a spot like this, you end up surprising yourself. You end up getting something surprisingly useful out of a situation you otherwise thought you'd hate. Simone Weil might want to ask at this point, what was different about these two approaches? These different orientations that you had towards each of the meetups that you went to? And before any of you out there in your open-toed sandals start talking about the power of positive thinking, you know, the, the second time, you just recognize how blessed you were to be alive, man. That's what you did. Uh, no, no, nobody willed themselves into being positive in the second meetup. If anything, Simone Weil would say you did less the second time around. You just decided to remove some of the baggage that you were bringing to the first get together. No, the big difference really, when you think about it, was that at the second meetup, you were just more open to a different kind of experience being available to you. In other words, your attention was different. In the second meetup, you were far more prepared to be receptive to an entirely different read on the situation. Now, someone who suffers of dimension, dimension, attention deficit disorder, mm-hmm. um, this, this episode really spoke to me. So when, when, you, when he describes what he's describing, the word attention, I don't normally hear it associated with that. I hear attitude, you know, like have a positive attitude and it'll be a good experience. Maybe you're brought a negative attitude into that. So I actually mm-hmm. listened to this pretty early on to my, um, on call week and it really strained my ability to exercise that muscle, uh, come like late Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple of moments where I kind of screamed, but, uh, you know, call would come in at an opportune time. I was just like, ah! sure. Um, but I, I tried to use this and I feel like it was much better. Last time I was on call was a very bad experience. It was so bad. (laughs) And I worked pretty much the same, uh, number of hours. Um, anyways, I don't mean to make this so personal. Uh, he said attention. So, like I said, it's uh, so many times when you hear somebody talk about this, it's like your attitude changes it, but it's like, you know, you try to change your attitude. It's like, what's all that brings attention to is what your present attitude is. But if I just said it there. If you can focus your attention on what this external event is and this openness to that, that's so much more. That's just a different way of seeing that. I feel like it did. did the well, word attention seem different to you. It did. So the, what he was describing reminded me of when Sam talks about a framing issue mm-hmm. and the way you frame something will change sure. your experience. Um, and but that's like I the thought- attitude thing. But when I exactly when I thought of that, I've always thought of that as an attitude thing, right? So when you're walking in, instead of being nervous, you're excited. Yeah, right? it's like, but I can't just build. make myself do that. But you're saying, but, well, the the shortcut but, here is to be able to just focus your attention on something different. Yes, which is I feel like that's a deeper level, right? right. So it's like so a functional layer, like not just right. a theoretical idea. Right, because because so so excited and nervous feel similar, uh-huh. but but they're not the same thing, right? And you you feel differently about them and you think differently in that environment depending on which emotion you're deciding you have. And I so what he's talking about though is focusing your attention is actually like 
your attention is now on this experience in a different manner, which yeah. is, is a deeper level than, again, deeper level than just like your attitude. Yeah. Like I can do something with that, you know, right. telling me to fix my attitude, go fuck off. Like, <laughs> doesn't it also kind of remind I've never, you? I've never, I've never heard anybody say the ethics of attention. I know. Before. I know. That's why I like this. It's the philosophize this podcast. I highly recommend it. Uh, I have a little bit more to play with it, but uh, play with it. The, it kind of <laughs> reminds me of like the, the bullshit of the secret. Like we, we talked about mm. that plenty here. You know, I would say, like, uh, most podcasts, I I like to speed up a little bit. This podcast, maybe you want to slow it down a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, but we've talked about that before. For me, with my attention deficit, I actually, if I play it faster, it forces oh, it me makes to you focus more. Yeah. Yes, I keep oh, my attention. Just your attention. Yes. Interesting. Exactly. Therapist. <laughs> kind of embarrassing because of how basic it may seem, but this was a concept that actually hit me pretty hard when I first read Simone Weil years ago. The idea that a different experience of everything you do is available to you right now, all around you. Almost like a, like a radio station that's constantly broadcasting a show that you're not currently tuning into, and that at any moment, you can tune into that station. You can just choose to be open to a different kind of experience. That's a real possibility. On the other hand, though, you can also choose to just never be open to any experience that you're not arriving at by default. Does that remind you of any of our recent politicians? <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Just like a balloon in a room with the air blowing around. That was a Sam concept. Uh, let me play. Okay, this is good. Describes it at one point as, quote, the effort which brings a soul to salvation is like the effort of looking or listening, end quote. In other words, it's not searching. It's more like waiting. It's not reasoning for hours coming to an abstract conclusion about something. It's more being open and detached from your own selfishness long enough to receive something that the universe has yet to disclose to you. One of my favorite quotes from her that just embodies the spirit she brought to every day of her life is, quote, the great human error is to reason in place of finding out. Doesn't that remind you of like the truth you knew as a child? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah to reason instead of finding out yeah just be open to finding out from some experience you know yeah well i really like that i'm glad to hear that it seemed to speak to you as well hopefully it spoke to our listeners as well um yeah i definitely think speaking of waiting to find out uh something stopped being big news once it didn't fit the narrative anymore when's the last time you heard anything about that massive shooting at a gay nightclub that just happened last week like just happened like these things used to get more than five days of press. Yeah. I know we ate Turkey, but like there was like, this seemed like a big deal when it happened. It was, you know, LGBTQ under target. You know, it was Tucker Carlson talking about grooming for the last three years and come to fruition is you, all, all you people online saying all this hate speak. Now you've made people die because of it. And then they're like, well, first of all, a good Samaritan did stop it. And that's unpleasant for our narrative, but also the shooter turns out to identify as something on the queer spectrum. So like, I just, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound shitty. Like I don't want to, um, I, I feel like that's like somehow supportive of the shooter. Like it's not at all, but I just, I hate that this should have been fucking news that we still cared about, but since they wanted it to be a certain way and it was another way, we don't care about it. And that's not true. I care about it still. This was a deranged person that had a mental health problem and they did something horrible. And I hope to find out more about it right now. That's all I know, but we should still care. When you say they, 
Uh, well, I don't mean Kanye. No, I mean the mainstream. Media I mean, yeah, I mean the mainstream media and moving okay. on to the next story and like I. And like, I don't, I don't necessarily I don't need that. us to only fucking focus on these things because that would annoy me as well. But it just it betrays a narrative to me. I don't know if I buy that the whole like the Good Samaritan stopping this is a, like people stop caring about the story because of that, um, especially. I'm, because... I'm not moving the goalpost. I'm more concerned about the fact that it wasn't a white racist uh, homophobe that did it. OK, OK. All right. I, I think the last news i heard was the father being interviewed i'm not gonna play it yeah um and that was a little yeah he's a disturbing like what he was worried about in that clip um i think he said that he thought he was gay and he's like oh thank god he wasn't gay it's like yeah your son killed all those people i think thrash said something like you know this is like it seems like the definition of self-hatred um a Uh self-hating gay person Uh um which is sad dude it it is sad yeah that's fucking sucks. Like I'm not, I'm not wishing that that person would have had a pleasant life, but I wish that that person certainly had better ways of dealing with these mental issues so that those people could have lived. I, like, like yeah. I don't give a fuck about him living his life better. I'm sure just, that would be a that byproduct I, of it, but like there's, there's people to be alive right now. If that person would have, if we, if we would have had an effective way to have treated what was wrong with him. So here's what I would say, I guess. is So there is this narrative often espoused by um, by people on the right that certain stories um, exit our, our media diet more quickly because they don't fit a certain narrative. My pushback on that would be the reason that certain stories exit our media diet more quickly is because our media is designed to make money. And what they care about is what sells. And so if a story doesn't sell anymore to the American public, then that's on us. Yeah. I mean, and, okay. All right. Fine. So let's shift the blame onto the American public because they're the ones selling it. I get what you're saying. Or they're right. the ones buying it. But kind of do what we're told with our media. Like, I mean, they could tell us more that like, okay. And I don't want that either. But like, I just, so you're saying the media moved on because that wasn't selling. Yes. Okay, that's the same problem. But but it's it's a very different So we've moved our attention to a different different area. Yes. Okay. So what do we do? Make a show like None Taken where we talk about the nuance of these stories and bring attention Fuck to that? Yeah, we okay. do. All right, fine, cool. That's well, exactly what we do. More people need to hear it if it's gonna make a difference, but I'm happy with what we have right now. <laughs> um I was gonna play a clip from that. Uh I don't know. It's a two minute clip. I'm not gonna play it. It's a reporter saying that he's been writing headlines about things like this and he doesn't know what else he's supposed to do. And I I, I wrote down my question was gonna be, I don't really understand what he's asking. And then I wrote down a follow up question to that, is it rhetorical? And I'm realizing now it was rhetorical. So Ah, okay. All right. Um I guess I have a closing quip clip but i also feel like i haven't let me play one more clip and then i i I haven't i've hardly asked a question on this show alan (laughs) uh this is a clip from the reason roundtable where they uh accidentally undermine libertarianism so noted libertarian magazine the the reason roundtable where nick gillespie is one of the um uh department we're trying to get on the show yes yeah he said reach back to him the beginning of december so that between now there he said he'll come on the show um (laughs) so so they uh it's a conversation about pockets that undermines libertarianism which is uh people used to wear a little pouch on the outside of their clothes because they that that's how people had pockets 
Uh, that little pouch on the outside of your clothes became a hidden bag inside your skirts for women. And women actually used to have like really baller pockets. Like you could keep like a whole, you know, lunch in one and like all your worldly goods in the other because there was a lot of skirts, right? The trouble is then skirts got skinny and then there was no room for pockets. Then we got the little cute bag. Also, um, the patriarchy was like, a lady shouldn't do work or handle money. So that was for sure a problem. And sometimes the patriarchy does get in the way of markets, my man, Timberati. Uh, like, that's a real thing. Um, markets don't do justice. They just do what people want. Oh, that's that's a that's a strong take, Catherine Mingle Ward. That, that the, that's the editor in chief of Reason Magazine. <laughs> I love wow. it. I love it. Yeah, that, so that that's why I'm an independent because that doesn't make sense anymore. Can't be a libertarian because the pockets, Alan. Um, I've been reading a book about Grover Cleveland. Um, yeah, you put. I saw. I, I uh, did you? I I guess this isn't a question, but. Uh, no, I'll save that. I'll save that. I'll save that. I'm okay. sure you already saw it. Well, okay. So so his name would have been lost to history if he didn't love beer so damn much. Do you want to hear the story? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm, I'm going to get that book. By it's, really it. it's really yeah. good. It's really good. It's on Audible, I, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, and, uh, I have like nine credits. So. I know, right? I always have 12 credits, which means they have years <laughs> worth because yeah. you only get 12. Like they don't, You only get 12. Uh, yeah. You got to spend them. I spent a long time not buying books there. I regret it. Um, <laughs> so... He was the sheriff of Buffalo. Okay. And I don't know, this is way before that. So, so what got him into running for office was he went down to the local pub and he was drinking beers and the other people that were at the pub were these two democratic canvassers who had been like just knocking on doors in Buffalo asking people if they, if they knew anyone who would be able to represent the democratic party for the upcoming primary and like, or maybe it was just the straight up election. And it was like two weeks before the election too. Like there was no campaigning back then. Sure, uh, yeah. And he, and like he had a reputation for being very honest and sort of stubborn with his um, like, what's right. You know, okay, and strong opinions, and yeah, and they okay. and they were like talking to him about uh, if he knew anyone. And after a while of talking to him over beers, they're like, "Actually, you kind of sound like who we're looking for." <laughs> like, That's awesome. it's crazy, right? Like a drunk at a bar was like, "Well, you should be president." I don't know, man. We can't find any good people in this city of Buffalo. The elections in two weeks. We got nobody, and it turned out to be so. Uh, noted fact of Grover Cleveland two non-consecutive terms um, and just honestly in so many ways just assigned to the footnotes of history um, but undeservedly uh, it's, it's a real fascinating biography uh, man of iron uh, Grover Cleveland uh, I, I don't feel like this is how we should end the show though I have a story okay let's hear it all right actually I was telling my buddy Craig this last time NBC. we hung out because um, so we were talking about this uh this uh, EJ Fair, the the brewery that we, I used to go to yeah. in Concord all the time, and um, I had gone there. I want to say this was like late 2015, the run up to the 2016 or you know election, right? Um, and I went there by myself, just some random night. I went there and I was drinking Shorty's Revenge, which is one of their beers. It was like a red IPA, and it was a big beer. It was like eight and a half percent or uh -huh. something like that. 
And I start talking to the bartender. I'm just there by myself, right? Okay. Start talking to the bartender, and it turns out he's a Trump supporter. He's going to vote for Trump. And so we start talking. We're going back and forth. And we have, you know, a really good conversation. Dude gets off his shift and comes and sits next to me at the bar, and he starts buying me beers. Now, I'm already a few in, and these are big beers. And I was, and so we keep talking. He keeps buying me beers, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I got to leave. Like, I'm, this is, I'm going too hard. So I, I tell Craig, I'm like, dude, I like, I, I enjoy talking to people that I disagree with. It's always been fun for me. And he's like, dude, that's why you do the show. And yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. Anyways, so I end up going back to my car and just like going to sleep for like a couple hours <laughs> before I drove home so I could be safe. Right. Um, yeah. It's like but you there did. you go. That's my story. Nice. Nice. So I was, I, I was, could I have was, been president. Uh, I could have been president. Yeah. I was just channeling my inner Grover Cleveland. Yes. Doing a Grover Cleveland. Pulling a, <laughs> pulling a GC. Um, here, let me play this clip from, uh, from that episode. Here's a, here's a, here's a quote from okay. that book. And I think you might, I don't know if I'm quizzing you, if you can guess who said this, or if I've already given it away because of the book. Okay. ...between Chinese laborers and their white counterparts were so fraught as to... Hold on. Can you slow it down? I'm trying to, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, let me do it this way instead. Well, let, I got this clip from the show. Uh, this doesn't necessarily reflect his finest moment, but uh, it's kind of uh, interesting. The unmendable, declaring at the end of his first term... The experiment of blending the social habits and mutual race idiosyncrasies of the Chinese laboring classes with those of the great body of the people of the United States has been proved by the experience of 20 years to be, in every sense, unwise, impolitic, and injurious to both nations. And that's how you continue the Chinese Exclusion Act, Alan. Okay, the show's got to stop somewhere. <laughs> Uh, good night, everybody. Good Thanks night. for coming. Drive safe, bud. Cheers. Cheers. That was fun. Cheers. Y'all let me in this damn house. Oh, how about that? Come in the name of peace. L-M-F-A-O. Is Kevin McCarthy a moron, and if so, why? Why would you say something that stupid? I come without explanations or solutions. I'm a very sexy lady. <laughs> how great an anti-American Marxist. Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Read the news. God bless the United States. <laughs> Podcasting.